Blog Talk Radio. Is 
end of the world as we know it. Is there really any question about that at this point? (laughs) At least for the time being, for sure. But isn't it also good to know that the Keynes nation remains out there, ready to go for a 2020 football season that may or may not happen? Tonight, Sport Live is coming out of quarantine. Hello, everybody. I feel you. But the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceled their seasons today, along with UMass, joining the Mountain West Conference, the MAC, UConn, and Old Dominion in dropping some bombs on the plans to resume college football in this country. That means that 53 of the 130 major programs that play college football, almost half, have now said that they are not going to play this fall. So what the heck does that mean now? You know, you have to wonder if that leaves everyone else with little choice, but to also shift energy toward playing in the spring. But the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC are holding strong to this point. The ACC put out a statement this evening saying that it will continue to follow the advice of its medical advisors, concludes a prominent doctor at Duke, who thus far have recommended playing. So as we begin this edition of Kane Sport Live tonight, there is no question that rightly or wrongly, depending on the viewpoint, that a false slate of college games still is teetering by literally a string of hair. We'll talk about all of that tonight, about Miami's recent run of local recruiting, and so much more as we embark on what we hope will be our first Kane Sport Live show of the new season. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and I welcome you once again to this summit meeting of the Canes Nation, this special edition of Canesport Live. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number, a new one this year. Hope everybody's got it. 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. I see a couple of our familiar faces have gotten a new number. I mean, I recognize the numbers already, even though it's been several months. I see, I see Greg in the queue. Um, I see Mikester Kane in the queue. I see everything 305 in the queue. All of the boys of Kane Sport Live are lined up and ready to go. So we have over 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call and participate. Uh, we once again... Ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we'll address them during the course of the show. So as we start 
this evening's festivities. The Hurricanes are out there on Green Tree Practice Field having their fifth practice of the fall tonight. The way I look at it is this. If the season gets postponed to the spring, then this will become the spring practice that they never got to have back in March. You know, that's the bottom line. You know, they're up to practice five. I mean, it, it looks like they're going to get six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, the ACC is not rushing the judgment here, so they're going to keep having practices. And if things do get postponed, this is spring practice. That's all. Um, as far as we know, everything has gone smoothly. There's been no revelation of any players having to miss practice because of the coronavirus. So what are the initial tidbits we've heard from the, uh, the grasshoppers out there on Green Tree? that are uh, scouting things for us? Well, one thing that we've heard is that the offense has done surprisingly well. Rhett Lashley has his entire core system installed, and now the players are working on mastering it. And um, receivers coach Rob Likens talked to us last night and suggested to us that some of his players are still making mental mistakes. But you know, that's probably to be expected. You know, you, you're not going to put in a new system like this and have everybody remembering everything right from the get-go. Uh, I don't care how simple they've tried to make it, and they have simplified things enormously on the offensive side of the ball. I think if you're looking for areas of concern right now, it would obviously be still the offensive line on the offensive side of the ball and the linebacker spot on the defensive side, um, you know, a lot of inexperience, a lot of unprovenness. Uh, yes, you have Zach McLeod. He didn't play a lot of football last year um, for three previous years, was considered the third best of Miami's linebacker trio. Uh, so, you know, everyone likes to worry about their team. And, and I would say that, you know, if you want to worry, I would worry about the linebackers. And obviously after giving up all those sacks a year ago, the, um, Offensive line has a lot to show us this season, w w without question. Um, I would also say that I'm not sure it's a good thing that the offense is having any success at all this early in the game, but the defense should be dominating. You know, you're installing a new system. You got a new quarterback who's never played with these guys in full speed, and um, there should be a lot of adjustment going on. You got to believe the offense's best days are far ahead of it at this point. And uh, just the fact that they're having any success at all this early in practice would you know, maybe be something to be concerned about if you like to play that game a little bit with, you know, sometimes it's kind of fun to not, you know, to have a little bit of a knot in your stomach about, about your team. But truthfully, without the opportunity for anybody to watch any large portions of practice, it's kind of difficult to comment too strongly on that or anything else one way or the other right now. Um, so, you know, we're going to try not to be too judgmental at this point. Another big topic tonight will definitely be recruiting and Miami's ability to take advantage of the coronavirus and significantly increase its success rate in Dade and Broward County. A lot of positives. Also, maybe a few negatives to discuss in that regard, and we'll get into that heavily later when the dean of South Florida High School football, Mr. Larry Bluestein, um, joins me in the 9 o'clock hour. So, so much to talk about. Let's get to your calls, see what you have to say. Again, the, the new number, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. 
you hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Um, let's see who's first. Um, <laughs> no, no surprise here. Our main man, Greg. Welcome back. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Hey, Gary. How are you doing? Doing great. How you been? You've been staying safe and healthy? I have. Um, I just got a couple quick points. I know you got a lot of people calling in. Um, do you think we're better off if the season's canceled? We'll keep this recruiting class intact. If we have another one of these fiasco seasons, you're going to lose a bunch of these kids. What do you think? No, I think you got to play the season, Greg. Um, you know, he, he, here's here's the thing. Obviously, this you know recruiting has created a lot of excitement, and everyone's real fired up, and you know that's fine. But like, the the thing I think we have to understand is Miami's always gotten good players. Uh, it, it's it's been the 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 lack of elite players that's really set this program back quite a bit. Now you do have a couple elite players in this class. I think James Williams is elite. I think Leonard Taylor is elite. But honestly, you know, and and we've hyped it up as much as everybody, and 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 it's all fun and good, and and it has been a, a great improvement in South Florida, no question. Um, but you know, Cam Kitchens is Jaquan Johnson. Okay, you know, Romello Brinson is D. Wiggins. You know, you you don't want to have the season go by the wayside worrying about whether, you know, these individual recruits are going to stick in the class. Uh, You know, I I mean, the two I mentioned, you can't afford to lose. Those guys are different level recruits than what Miami has been getting in recent years, in in my opinion. And, and, and I'm going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk to Larry Bluestein about this later as, as well and get his opinion on this. But the truth is the majority of the class is, is the same level of players that they've always, that they, they've always been getting and Miami, Miami will always get. Um, not worth, I, I've seen that argument on the message boards quite a bit. Oh, we shouldn't play the season to hold the class together. No, I'm not buying that for one second. To, you know, to me, this, this recruiting class is uh, noteworthy in the fact that the bulk of the players in South Florida are coming to Miami. That's why it's noteworthy. Uh, The level of players in the class to me is very similar to past years with the exception of the two guys that I mentioned. Those two guys have the chance to be special um, and guys that you can really build your defense around and they can't afford to lose those two guys. And hopefully that won't change based on how many games they win in a season to the point where we should just say, we're not going to play football. It's not fair to the kids that are on the team right now. Okay. We have seven kids that are already slated to play in those big all-star games after the season. So we do have some really good players on the list. Now, as far as the schedule, that's always been the case, Greg. Think, always, we always have a lot of a lot of players in those All Star games. We've always had recruits in in both of the All Star games. It, it, it's the same. It's that that's the same as it's always been. Okay. Um, as far as the schedule, 
I believe we'd be favored in every game except Clemson once again. So whatever players we're getting, we have to coach them a lot better. Okay, I believe mm-hmm. we upgraded our offensive coaching staff. Do you agree with that? 100%. I do agree with that. And I say, well, let me put it this way. I have not had the chance to watch these guys coach to the degree that I, I really could give you a, a really good opinion on that, unfortunately, because of the coronavirus. We have not had the chance to watch them work with the kids on the, on the practice field. And a year ago at this time, we were talking about how great uh, Dan Enos looked, and he did. I mean, you know, we, we, we did get to watch him on the practice field, and he looked like he was a great coach. I mean, we, we watched him work with the quarterbacks, and he, you know, he seemed to have a connection with them and was giving them good instruction and uh, refining their technique and everything else. And, and I would have said Dan Enos is, is – I, I did. I said he was the best coach on the staff. And I, said, and I still believe that. Like, I still believe, you know, he, he was – his offense – and maybe his personality a little bit was a bad fit for this program. But I'm not going to sit here and say Dan Enos is a bad football coach. I mean, I don't think he is. I, I just think that it didn't work. It, it didn't work with, with the players that he had to work with and what he was trying to do with them. Uh, my last point, uh, you were pretty gung-ho we were getting Marshall. What, what was the final outcome there? Why, why didn't we get him? <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I was, I, I was, I was gung ho enough that back when I did my future cast, I did it in March and I, I future casted him to Miami in March because back then I was hearing a lot of really good things that he was going to Miami and, and that never changed. I, you know, um, as recently as seven days ago, I would say it was looking very strong that he was going to Miami. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt that he even had quietly committed to the coaches. Now, I'm personally, like, I don't know what he said to the coaches. I'm personally not 100% convinced that Miami ever really had him, and obviously they didn't because he committed to Florida. Um, there was a tweet that was sent out a week ago Saturday that everybody thought had to do with him, and it didn't. Um, you know, I think you know, Manny sent out a nuclear bomb or something like that, and everybody thought, they, oh, it has to be Marshall committing and a lot of recruiting analysts for other networks and sites ran, started running out and making predictions that he was coming to Miami. I didn't argue with those predictions because I had predicted him to Miami back in March, and, and I thought he was going to Miami too. And, um, but, but I'm not convinced that they ever really, really had him because I was hearing then also on that same day that Alabama and Florida was still very much engaged, and, and it was, it was a, a legit three-team race you know for jason marshall and uh listen he picked florida uh i've seen some comments uh we've got one poster on our message board today as a matter of fact who quite vociferously was predicting that his commitment to florida will not stick and um you know there is still a chance that he could pick alabama or miami uh i think that's one to watch all the way down to the wire when whenever he decides to sign um but, you know, I, I, think, I, I think maybe there were some false assumptions made there. I, I don't feel, regardless of what he said to the coaches, because these kids sometimes tell coaches what they want to hear. They can't say no to anybody. 
And, you know, they get such hard sales pitches from the coaches recruiting them that, you know, sometimes it's easier for them to just tell the coaches what they want to hear than say, you know, Hey coach, and I don't think I'm going to come, you know, I don't think I'm going to come to Miami. I'm, I, I think I'm going to commit to Florida. Sometimes it's easier to say, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to commit. I'm going to commit. And they tell two, three coaches the same thing. And everybody thinks they're getting the kid. And, you know, he ends up obviously disappointing two of the three. I think that might've applied a little bit here. I think it might've applied a little bit here because there was a lot of feeling behind the scenes that he wasn't going to pick Florida. He was going to pick Alabama. So like a lot of people thought he was going to pick Alabama when he announced the other day. And then of course, a lot of people thought he would eventually pick Miami and then Florida ended up getting them. So I think it's just one of those recruitments where the kids sent out a lot of signals in a lot of different directions. And there was a lot of conflicting information and stories. And uh, so it played out the way it did. Right. Well, the guy predicts that he's not going to land at Florida. He's got a lot of wild ideas. So I'm not banking on anything he says. <laughs> yeah, he does. Right, yeah, he does, doesn't he? That's what, you know, yeah, hey, he that's what makes message boards great things, though, you know? <laughs> All right, Gary. Thank you. Greg, great talking to you again. Glad to hear you're doing well, yeah. and um, hopefully we'll be having more yeah. shows. I hope they, if they don't cancel, um, we'll you know we'll we'll have another show you know probably in a couple of weeks, and then obviously crank up every week during the season. So you know we'll see right. we'll see what happens here. But it's great great to hear your voice again. Thanks for getting us right, started thanks, off. Gary. All right, the number is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And uh, I recognize this phone number, too. It is the one. It is the only. Meister Kane, the guy that loves to go <laughs> eat at Sicilian Oven. And uh, Meister, oh, yeah. welcome oh, back to Kane's yeah. Live. You got that right, Gary, Sicilian Oven. Boy, I'll tell you, I was hoping that we could uh, meet each other at Sicilian Oven this year, but, of course, uh, we don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Yeah, so, I don't think they have dined in. You know, I don't think there's dine-in right now for sure. So, um, yeah, a lot, yeah. of, a lot yeah. of takeout. Yep, just takeout, and that's it. But, uh, anyway, so how you been, Mike? Are you, you staying healthy? You, you, you been, you been good? Oh, yeah, I've been very good. been very good. been uh Getting out there mowing lawns with my business, you know that's essential. So uh, we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, the grass the grass doesn't stop growing for coronavirus, does it? No, no, it doesn't. That's for sure. That's for sure. It's and funny, I man. I had, I had a hedge oh, in my house. I had a hedge in my house, Mikester. That was, I mean, it was it was growing like there's no tomorrow. One of those ficus hedges, and I was begging oh, yeah. my 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 lawn service company, can you guys please trim this hedge? It's like it's 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 like it's like a jungle in my yard, and it took me like two months to get these guys to trim the hedge. Like they they were claiming they were so busy and so backed up because of the rain and stuff and this and that, and um, I, I, oh, I was yeah. thinking exactly what you just said, man. It was it's like. It's like things don't stop growing because of this coronavirus. Oh, yeah, we're backed up too, Gary. I mean, that's how it is. I just picked up three jobs last week and one really? yesterday. What city yeah. What city are you in? Port Charlotte. Port Charlotte? All right, yeah, well, Port Charlotte. listen, you've been a loyal – you've been a really loyal listener and follower of, of this show. So before you start talking, Canes, let's just take one second. And let's tell anybody that lives in the Port Charlotte area 
that needs their yard service, that Mike Sturkane is available to to take care of you. And uh, how do how do they reach you, Mikester? Well, you can call my number, or you can uh, you can email me, or uh, yeah, just uh, what do you prefer? Come on, I'm giving you a free um, ad. Quick, come on. Where do you want oh, them to okay. find you? Uh, you want my phone number? Whatever now you want. My phone number I, I, the people <laughs> in Port Charlotte, where do they find you? Okay, nine four one. This is the nine four one area code two zero four three five nine zero. Just call me uh, up, and we'll get you a free estimate. All right, there you go. All right, so if anybody needs their yard done in the Port Charlotte area, give Mikester a call. All right, man, what do you got for us tonight? Go ahead. Okay, I got some positive news to tell you, Gary. It is my mother's birthday. All right. And we are, and we are celebrating. We are celebrating her birthday, so uh, we all got to say happy birthday to mom. Happy birthday, mom, from Gary and Kane Sport Live. Happy birthday, mom. <laughs> Uh, she says thank you. <laughs> All right. How old is mom? Uh, well, she's uh, she's uh, eight backwards. <laughs> eight backwards. <laughs> is that with a zero or? I'm eight decades old. She's eight decades old. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Good. Good for her, man. Oh yeah, God bless keep you, right? her keep her away from that coronavirus. Keep her in the house. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We've been well. She's been stuck here since March, and it hasn't been easy. But she's been doing well, you know, considering. Very good. Considering what's been going on and stuff. So, anyway, uh, okay, a couple of a uh, couple of questions for you on the recruiting front. Corey Collier, what do you think the chances of us getting landing Corey Corey Collier are? Not very good. Not very good. He, he's, he's, he's been looking to leave South Florida from the beginning. I mean, he played around with Miami a little bit, but, but he's always been going to Florida or LSU. And I think LSU cooled on him a little bit. I think LSU was his number one choice for a very long time. And, you know, they, they cooled on him a little, and Florida's jumped in there. Florida, listen, here's the thing with Florida. Up until this year – there, was, right. there literally was a fence around South Florida. Like Florida, in, in, as it pertained to Florida, not Alabama and Georgia and these other you know, schools that have been coming in here and taking our players. But um, Florida wasn't really getting very many kids at all out of Dayton Broward County. And yeah, obviously, if they're going to get to the, where they want to get as a program, they need to change that a little bit. And they've worked very hard down here. And they worked extremely hard at Palmetto. And for a while, it looked like they were getting everybody at Palmetto. I, I mean, a few months ago, it looked like Taylor and Smith were going to Florida too, and that they were going to get a clean sweep out of that school. Um, so, right. you know, they, they, they swooped in. I think LSU kind of softened a little bit. Florida swooped in and took him with Jason Marshall as a tandem. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so no, I don't think he flips to Miami. You don't think so? What about Marshall? Mm-hmm. You think he's really going to flip? Marshall, think I think, is, 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 is there's a chance. I mean, I think you've got to watch that all the way to the end. I, I, don't think okay. they'll stop, I don't think Miami will stop recruiting him. And I think that's a three-way battle all the way down to the wire. Well, The only one, well, Mike, that go. I could see dropping out is Alabama. Because Alabama is not going to sit there and wait months. You know, they're going to go get somebody just as good or better than him. 
because they can do it. Right. So, um, but I could see Miami and Florida fighting this one out all the way to the wire. Right, right. And, okay, and the other question is, what about the quarterback situation for this class? We haven't signed the quarterback yet. Uh, we have some feelings on that one. My personal opinion is it's going to end up being a transfer. Uh, you know, I, that, that's what I'm expecting. I, I don't think that there's a top-shelf high school quarterback right now that's looking like he's coming. So we're expecting that, that the quarterback kid, spot to end up being a transfer. And that kid, Garcia, well, that ship set sail a while ago, too. You know, I think so. I don't think he's seriously considering Miami. You know, there was a lot of carrying on going on on Twitter and a lot of flirtation. Um, I That kid, the, the, when I spoke to him a while back, when it, it, Dan Enos was still recruiting him at that point, and he was very honest with me. Like, he told me that if things worked out with USC, that he was probably going to stay near home. I mean, he told me, I mean, he never like, you know, never minced words on that with, with, at least when I spoke to him. And uh, so I wasn't the least bit surprised that he's become so entrenched with USC. Now, the tricky thing about Garcia is that he's going to high school in Georgia. He he's, he's going to live in Valdosta, Georgia for a few months to play high school football at Valdosta. Um, so, you know, that of course opens up a whole different world to him. And I don't know, you know, does does Georgia try to get in there? Does, does being closer to Miami give Miami a shot? You know, I'm sure Miami would like to hope so. And, and, and we'll, we'll certainly try to make that happen. But to this point, there's no indication that he's going to bolt on USC. Right. Right. Well, you never know. Kids are unpredictable. I think you said that yourself. Mm-hmm. They uh, they like to uh, send crazy messages out there and just you know just play around with the media because you know they they feel like you know hey I'm elite you know I'm on top of the world you know and I just you know I love all this attention you know I love the process more or less so but anyway Gary well listen I'm gonna go uh, celebrate. Uh, birthday with uh, mom here and uh, my fiance and daughter so I will let you go and uh, get some other callers to uh, to uh, participate in the show alright All right, Thanks Mike, sir. We'll, talk, we'll talk to you next time man hopefully have a good night alright you bet alright once again 563-999-3550 563-999-3550 you hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show that puts you in the queue we bring you on in the order that you land in the queue and number three for tonight is in the 305 I don't recognize the number but you're live on Kane Sport Live how are you doing this evening good Gary how are you doing great who's this Adam Hey, what's up, Adam? I'm surprised I didn't recognize your number. How you been, no, man? Fine. Good. You doing all right? Just surviving. Yeah. No, no, no coronavirus for you either. No, nope. Just working from home. All right. Trying to Who get Who are all by. these people? I, I, every day, I, I read another 10,000 cases in Florida. Another, you know, 5,000 yeah. cases in, in Dade County. Blah blah blah. Who are all these people getting coronavirus? I guess not the case. Don't family. know. Don't know. Um. Quick question. What do you see the ceiling is for Jalen Phillips in replacing Rousseau this year or whenever that is? 
Because obviously he's a former five-star recruit, number one, and apparently he's an unbelievable athlete. Yeah, I mean, I think they said he did a backflip off the diving board at the hack. So here's the thing. Okay, athletically, he's going to be good enough. There's no doubt about it. Like, this is a kid when he was coming out of high school, was considered one of the top five, ten recruits in the country, depending on who was doing the ranking. I mean, uh, he was an unquestioned, can't miss prospect, went to UCLA, played in his first year. Okay. He's had a lot of concussion problems, and, and, and he had to sit out. You know, he hasn't played football now in going on two years. Okay? So it's hard to say. You know, it's hard to say what kind of player he's going to be. And I don't even think the coaches could answer that right now because until they turn it loose and start going full speed 11-on-11 11 11, um, in scrimmages, like, I don't know that you really know what you have yet. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. And, and you know, the other thing you got to, re- I think, remember with him is he's one concussion or one injury away from probably being told that he can't play anymore. So was he um, worth investing a scholarship for three years in? Probably just because of how good he was and, and how good he potentially is. And I'm sure they're hoping that he could be the starting defensive end opposite uh, Roche. And, I mean, they, they like Jafari Harvey too. Obviously, he's a, Jafari Harvey is a young prospect that the coaches feel real good about. Um, but I don't think anybody, including the coaches and teammates and everybody else, I don't think anybody really, really, really knows what the – the, the story is going to be there, and it's going to be one of the interesting uh, storylines of the season for sure. Okay. So it wasn't like he was a dominant on scout team last year. I mean, granted, no. the O-line wasn't No, no, he, hasn't been, he, he has not been playing. Oh, so they didn't even have him on scout team last year? No. As a retro? Oh, okay. I thought maybe he was playing scout team. Um, and a couple other things, and – um, you said Miami. You think Miami will go the transfer route to replace King whenever we have a season? I do for one year. Or do you think that we could just turn over the keys to like Van Dyke or Perry for a senior year? Well, I, I think they're going to go the transfer route to get a quarterback. I didn't say that that quarterback okay. is going to be the starting quarterback next year. Okay, so it won't you be know like we don't know that. We, King. We don't know. It could be like the Eric King. We don't, we don't know where Van Dyke's going to be a year from now. That's true. Do you see Van Dyke, assuming there is a season, like being in strong contention for a backup position this year? Or do you see the depth chart being King 1, Perry 2? I think it's going to be King 1, Perry 2. Uh, you know, I, I think Nikosi has enough experience that will allow him to, you know, set himself apart um, from Van Dyke. But, you know, I, I, I think that they will try to get Van Dyke in a few games if the season goes forward as expected. I think they like Van Dyke an awful lot. Um, so, you know, I, I think he has, Van Dyke has a future in this program. But we don't know as we sit here tonight where he's going to be a year from now. 
And, you know, will he be ready as a redshirt freshman to be the starting quarterback? We don't know. Yeah. So I do okay. think they will get a transfer. And I think how good that transfer is will shape what happens. Because, you know, obviously yeah. King is the quarterback this year, and we're all excited about King. But before if, – if, if Rhett Lashley doesn't get hired, if Rhett Lashley and Manny don't win with King – you're looking at a whole different quarterback situation here, obviously. So that's true. You know, we when we uh, last season we didn't know Dr. King was going to be the quarterback for Miami. Yeah, that's true. Um, a couple other things. One, um, what was the story with Hammett decommitting? Was that just more mutual parting of the ways? We think you're better off at uh, Jacory Hammett, the linebacker out of Northwestern. I think when we they think they're com- better off at West Virginia. Yeah, I think when they took that commitment that there weren't a lot of players on the commit list yet. And, you know, I think that he was seen as a, as a good local player that they could, you know, kind of build some momentum locally with and that kind of thing. As the list filled out and they started getting some better recruits, I think that he was a guy that kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. So, yeah, I do think they sent that message like, you know, you might want to go somewhere else. And West Virginia, for now, is that place. Okay. And do you see us, like, replacing that now open spot with, like, a la Chase Smith, who obviously has a lot of time ties to the program with his dad and I think his older brother both going to Miami. I know his dad for sure was Willie Smith. Yeah, I felt Israeli really Smith. I've always felt he's going to be part of this recruiting class, and I still do. I'm not quite sure why he hasn't committed yet, um, but I think regardless of of Jacory, that Chase Smith was going to be part of this class. So I don't think there's okay. a connection there. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel there's okay, a connection there. Okay, I just there. meant in terms of scholarship numbers because the numbers were getting tight with all these commits. Yeah, I mean that could have worked its way anyhow. Like I, you know. I, you know, they would have had to figure out a way to work it. I don't, I don't think those two are interconnected is what I'm trying to say. Okay. But, I do, um, but, 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 but I do think you're along the right lines that if you want to say that Chase Smith's going to fill that slot, I think you could say that, and you wouldn't be wrong. Okay. And a couple other things. Um, I know we got big news with Leonard Taylor, and James Williams seems to be locked in. Are you getting a sense with the two recent Palmetto kids that we're not going to lose both Rashard Smith, Davian Collins, and Leonard Taylor all to Florida, a la, or, or are the Palmetto kids different than the Northwestern kids in that regard? I think I still feel Savian Collins is going to end up at Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. I have not changed, you know, that's, I, I do think that that's going to end up being the case. Uh, if, if Florida decides to take them, which I've heard that they, are in the process of probably making that decision. Um, so I, I still expect that to happen. Although I think things have gotten better with Miami and saving Collins. I don't think saving Collins is a bigger priority to Miami as Leonard Taylor is for obvious reasons. I don't think he's as good a player, mm-hmm. um, but I think they would take him just because he's a 300 pound defensive tackle. Who's a local kid. Um, yeah. So, you know, th- those guys are not always the easiest to find and, and, and sign. So I think they would mm-hmm. take him if he wants to stick. But I personally still think he's going to end up going to Florida. 
And Marshall okay. we talked about. I don't. I, I think that one's going to go down to the wire, even though he's committed to Florida right now. Okay, and with uh, Rashard Smith and Leonard Taylor, they seemingly are locked in with Miami at least for I believe, now. I, obviously, I believe, uh, yep, I believe so. I I see no signs whatsoever that that will not stay the case. Um, I think at one point Leonard Taylor was leaning to Florida, but I think when he made his decision to come to Miami, um, unless you know something happens, you know, may you know the season goes south and he's you know, worried about what he sees or whatever, you know, I know maybe that could change, but you know, I think he, I think he's pretty sold that he wants to play locally. He wants his mom to be able to be close by. I think this coronavirus was a game changer for a lot of these kids. And I think it brought families closer together and made guys, you know, want us to stay home maybe more so than other years. And I think he'll stick. I do. I think Leonard Taylor will stick with Miami. Okay, and last thing, um, what is the story with this Brown kid out of IMG? Could he be that corner to replace Marshall in the class, assuming Marshall sticks with Florida or flips to Alabama? Because I know we're on the lookout for at least one more corner in the class. You talking about Markavius? Yeah, the guy yeah, from Tahoe. Yeah, I think I, I, yeah, um, they are recruiting him very hard. They want him very badly. Um, I do not have a prediction really at the moment. I think I, for, I future cast him to Miami, but that was more just because I know how badly they want him and how highly they think of him. And he's, you know, he's a Palm Beach County Pahokee kid. Um, yeah. But, but oh, sorry what for his, mispronouncing the name. No, it's fine. But what what his final okay. decision is going to be? I I don't really have a feel for that right now. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for taking my call, Gary. Have a great rest of the show. Anytime, man. Great, great talking to you again. We'll uh, yep. hopefully be t- hearing from you down the road. Yep. All right, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Uh, let me see who's up next. If I recognize that number, I do. This is going to make a lot of people happy because he's always one of the Favorite callers to Kane Sport Live and certainly one of the more passionate Canes fans out there. Um, Mr. Everything 305, welcome back to Kane Sport Live. How you doing, sir? Gary, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Doing great. I've stayed away from this crazy virus. Um, and all's good until they, as long as they don't cancel football season. Well, you've been very blessed, uh, Unfortunately, a lot of people in our country haven't been so fortunate. And uh, here locally, we've had uh, some some figures in South Florida sports that have gone away from this virus. So it's uh, it's real to uh, to disregard in terms of it potentially impacting any one of us. So I hope everyone out there is uh, wearing a mask and definitely uh, social distancing and, and using just common sense. Because uh, the ramifications of this, even if even if you survive it, um, all the issues that stem from it are are long term in many cases. So, nothing to play with, Gary. Nope, no, it's not. So, what's on your mind? But we got football, so let's talk some football. Um, I I spoke to you last, I believe, in March when you, on your last show, and uh, could you have imagined back then in March that we were going to get Leonard Taylor and James Williams? No, 
Leonard Taylor was at back then was earmarked to Florida. James Williams was earmarked to Georgia. And it didn't look like Miami was going to have a chance for either one of them. The, the impact of, of Coach Cooney, uh, Coach Field, uh, Ephraim Banda, I mean, those guys have just continued to go full throttle. Um, and, and, and I know that many people will bring up, well, we just lost the two other kids from Palmetto. And, and, I, and I, I just hope that everybody can understand the impact of getting Williams and Mark Williams and and, uh, and Leonard Taylor. Uh, and Williams, it's the Gary, two, be, it's the two be, best players from Dade and Broward County. I mean, I mean when, it, opinion, when was the last time Miami got the two best players from Dade and Broward County? You know, if they're not the two best players in their respective counties, then it's just like maybe one percent. They're number two, then at worst. And, and right. Yeah, I guess that. you got to give Ja'Cory Brooks some respect. I, I, Dallas you know. Turner and Dallas Turner over there. Uh, who's going yeah, to, Dallas Turner going deserves to be mentioned in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's that first step that you need to start uh, pretty much putting the fence around this area and keeping everybody out and then – when we're not, when we're we're no longer recruiting you like the kid from Northwestern, who you know saw the writing on the wall, well you've got another option to go to. But for us to be the primary option, you know that's what we have to get back to. So we've made progress there. Uh, the impact of Coach Diaz uh, finishing things, I thought that was vital in the last couple of weeks with both of these kids in particular. And and the James Williams commitment came out of nowhere. Uh, but look at the impact he had in terms of us being in the mix for the other kids, and then getting Taylor uh, as well. So I'm really happy with, with that progress, Gary. Um, many people can go back to the message boards. I'm going back to when Mike Rump was first hired. I made it clear to you after his first class. I was very uh, disappointed but understood it was the first class. And I shared a lot of information regarding him. And as the years have come and gone, everything that I've shared was spot on. And I've always mentioned what a great teacher he is. He's a phenomenal coach. But, Gary, major college football, the teaching component isn't that critical. It's getting them there, getting three, four, five, six dogs to go against the three or four, five, six dogs on the offensive side of the ball in practice every day. And for the love of me, he has not gotten any better. Uh, we start some problems with the kids from Alabama he got a year ago. The kid he got late from Georgia who was dropped. I mean, I see all that. But he has to be able to lock in one stud corner, then two from South Florida, and he still can't get it done. I mentioned to you a year ago, I met him. I spoke to him about it. I was as honest as I could be. I was at a function uh, with the GCs, and it was a great function. A good friend of mine has been a GC for a long time, pretty influential, and uh, being frat brothers and all that, but he was him. He is a real nice guy, but he's mm-hmm. an old-fashioned kind of guy. He is, great guy. He is not. He's not going to kiss a 16 or 17 or 18 year old's ass to come here. Either you play with us or we'll beat you. That mentality cannot change with him for some reason. He is stuck on that, and it's a shame. Uh, it's just it's just beyond disappointing that we're here, and he still can't land a guy. It's just like when you can't land the guys you've helped raise, as everybody knows, Tyson Campbell and uh, Pat Sertain's kids, he's helped raise those kids. And, 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 and their dads will say the same damn thing. So it's like, dude, you can't even get the kids that played for you 
How do you expect him to get a stuff from South Florida? He just doesn't have the tools to get it done. And it's, it's really unfair that we're at this stage where, you know, Pop Cooney and the other guys, the, other, the young guys that we have that really can't do the uh, off-campus recruiting, they're the guys who are getting this done. You know, and it's, it's time. I'm sorry. As much as I hate saying this, it's time for him to move on. I mean, he's had overtures with the NFL. That's where he belongs. He belongs with grown men. Producer, you don't. Next guy comes up and the next guy comes in. That's the environment he belongs in. I don't think this is really a good fit for him. And I'm surprised that in five years he hasn't gotten any better. But you know what? There's still some time. Who knows? Maybe he can get things done. Uh, on the offensive line front, Gary, your thoughts on Lawrence Big Baby Seymour. Is he going to remain a cane? I think so. Uh, I, I would have I been a little bit more lukewarm on that one before all these other local kids jumped, jumped in the boat. I, I think that, that when they all jumped in, that that helped solidify Seymour. When you look at one of his teammates right now, and here's a kid that I, I still feel we have room for, him. and I know we have a ton of talent. We have a ton of talent in the offensive backfield. But here's a kid who can play in the backfield. He can play the slot, phenomenal special teams, and you'll keep Brown. And it's like he's feeling us, we're feeling him, but there comes a point in time where you either go all in on him or, or just stop teasing him. Because at the end of the day, you talk about mixed messages. There's another guy who's getting mixed messages, and he's the guy, he's the talent that we need. Uh, you can never have enough game game changing type athletes on, on an offense, you know. And he's well, he fits a it, lot it, of those great. Except here's the thing: where do you where do you put him? I mean, I I see what the problem is there. Where where do you put him? For me, I redshirt him for a year, and he's then going to compete for you at the running back spot. Third down specialist or in the slot. I mean, the okay, kid laterally you... is, is a nightmare. You know, All right, so, so do, do you take him over Thaddeus Franklin? I don't t- – I think Thaddeus is a different kind of bat. Thaddeus okay, is, but, 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 a... but remember, you've got two young backs, you know, in Jalen Knighton and Don Chaney, okay? you got Cam Harris still on the team for two more years, Okay. I think Cam, I think Cam's done after this year, Gary. Why? What, what makes you say that? I mean, he might want to uh, be, and, heard, and maybe he'll, and maybe he'll be the next guy to make a bad decision. But what you think he's going to be a first yeah, round pick yeah, after exactly. this season? Yeah. You think he's uh, that good? From what I've heard, from what I've well, from what I've heard in his camp, and you know how influential a certain local sports agent and his entourage are, including a former king. From what I've heard. He's put all his marbles in this season, and that's it. This is the season but, for but, him. This is but you think he's a first-round draft pick or a second-round draft pick? I don't think so, but, but with a good year, the kid is ready to go. And yeah, I, I got to see, I gotta I see that first. right? I haven't seen anything close to first- or second-round draft pick yet. I, I have not seen that either, Gary. I'm just telling you what yeah. I've heard. And you I know, mean, DJ Dallas pretty spot on. DJ Dallas, who's performed way better than he performed, was fourth what round. fourth round, fourth, fourth round. round pick. Yeah, fourth so, round. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I understand. I, heard, so. I know that that might be the desire. That is the desire. That's where his camp is leading, and, and and you know, if there's no season, 
makes no sense for him to do it. But we've seen dumber decisions from our kids in terms of being influenced by local sports agents and their entourage and those tentacles. They get everywhere here in South Florida. You know I'm right, Gary. It, it's it's yeah. very disappointing. Um, but, and, but, you know, anyway, so, like, as it pertains to O'Keefe, I mean, you know, what about Amari Daniels? Like, you're going to stop recruiting Amari Daniels? I love Amari, but I think Yulkeith gives us more of what we need. We need more versatility. I think I think Amari and and Thaddeus and that's bigger bigger stronger kid. Okay, but, uh, but aren't you getting good. versatility with Brashard Smith? See what I'm getting? Listen, at? I love I love Brashard. I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I love Brashard. And, and what about Jacoby George? Like, isn't that versatility kind of? You know, you, you know. I think what you're wanting is too many of the same thing, and and that's what you're. I think that is getting lost a little bit here. You know, you you, you just can't take. You can't fill up a recruiting class with the same thing. You know, you know, you 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 know, you've just you've got you took Jacoby George, you know, you took Smith. Um, well, oh, I think George is a little bit different. I think George, to me, George, and anyway, from my team. I think he's a he's definitely an X guy. I don't see him as yeah, a probably. guy. People, I see him as an X. I don't see him as a. But spot. you know, you also you um, just took Restrep. You just took Restrepo. Who, you know, you, uh, you just can't. You, well. can't you, you can't load your roster with too many of the exact same thing. You can have two. You can have three, but you can't. You can't load your. You can't use all your recruiting slots, and you can't load your roster with the same thing. And I think they just decided to take other guys right now. You know, ahead yeah. of your kids. I mean, hey, yeah, that hey, could change. Every one thing that the one constant that we know recruiting it changes every second. So we do know that. Um, looking at the impact, um, people don't understand the magnitude of the impact of losing Greg Rousseau. Okay. Well, I Here's a guy that is a nightmare as an offensive coordinator for you to scheme against. So when you're having to worry about this guy. All of your protections, every snap, you've got to know where that guy is. He's that special, okay? For people to think that, oh, we're so deep there, you know, hey, hey we're in great shape. Let me explain something to you. And you, you mentioned this earlier, the kid from UCLA, he's an, unpro- he's an unproven factor. What he's proven is he can't stay healthy. He's had a ton of concussions. You know, what play did he done? Let's be honest. I mean, let's see what's mm-hmm. in front of him. You got a kid in Harvey. Harvey's just as good. Really? Harvey hasn't done anything yet. He's got a lot of question marks there. No doubt. Losing Rousseau, okay, losing Rousseau impacts your defense in many different areas to the extent where all of your defensive tackles, by having Rousseau there, they're going to get more one-on-ones. They're losing those opportunities now. And you talk about a guy who's now a junior that hasn't done crap since he got here. He's been unhealthy. He's been hurt. Whatever. Chucky doll, Mr. Mr. Tough guy, Mr. Tough guy, can't get off the block. Unless he jumps the gap, he can't be, he can't he can't beat a guy one on one. So those guys, our defensive tackles, their job just got much harder, and they've got a ton to prove. And when you look at the kid that we got from Temple, hey, no doubt. I mean, he's got first round, second round um, value at this point. So let's be honest. The ACC is not the, the AAC. 
The talent is much better here. The speed is much faster here. So I want to see him do that here. Again, to me, an unproved commodity. So defensively, we've been impacted, I think, in many ways by losing Greg Rousseau. And, and to underestimate that loss by so many people, man, it's, it's beyond ignorant. I mean, if anybody I, I, mean football, I, I don't think anybody's underestimating at all. I think people were angry at his decision. I don't think he made the wrong decision. I, I think for him, he made the right decision. It's unfortunate for us because we don't get to see him play this year and but I have a hard time arguing with the decision he made um, in, in terms of how big it is. It's, it's massive. I mean, the guy's an elite player. We, we don't have elite players. We don't have a, who's the second elite player on this roster. Um, you know, we, we haven't had that in this program. I mean, this is a guy that changes a football game. This is a guy that can win you an extra game or two on his own, just by the way he's able to disrupt an opposing offense. I mean, Losing Greg Rousseau is massive for this team. And, and, and I wish people would understand the significance of losing him, but I can't fault him. If he were my son or my grandson, I, I would be telling – you know, right now, if, if Derek King's my grandson, say, hey, buddy, you know, you, you're better off not staying here at all. No, that's, I disagree on that one. If the Eric King has to play. If the Eric King was anywhere – with the National Football League, he wouldn't be here right now. He came here because he was nowhere with the NFL. They look at him as a sandlot quarterback who's probably going to have to try to be a receiver. He's five, probably 5'8", to be honest with you. At best. I mean, at best. At best. Yeah, maybe he's five, maybe 5'9". Five you know, I'm not there with a tape measure. But, uh, but, but if you look at him, you're, you're thinking 5'8". Like, to he, me, he's he not going to be able to play quarterback in the NFL. But no chance, and, and he didn't have a lot of options. Like that's why he's here. So no, he has yeah. to play. He has to play. But Greg well, Rousseau, I, I, don't see, I don't see him. I don't play. I don't see him playing quarterback. So if I if I'm his dad, you know, obviously his dad passed. Sorry, but if I'm anywhere making and helping him make a decision, I'm I'm guiding him to get out. You know, stay here, work out as much as you can, so they cancel it, and then go ahead and. You know, no, man, he needs to play. He needs to play yeah. and, and, and and keep proving himself as an athlete. You know, he had that one no. great year at Houston and put some good stuff on tape, but that's not landing him in the couple top couple rounds of the draft. Oh, I'm, I'm just trying to get him drafted. I'm, I don't even have him in the top top four or five rounds. Here. I'm just trying to get him drafted. No, he's got a lot to gain. By, he's got no shot. He's, he's got, got no a lot to gain by playing yeah. everything, and that's why he's here. Yeah, well, and then the last thing I wanted to bring out, there's one kid that committed a while back from Columbus. And everything that we had seen, you know, until the, the pandemic here hit, was that this kid was an old-school Miami offensive lineman, Columbus Miami offensive lineman, one of those, like a crystal ball. What is it that this kid brings to the table that you think is going to be impactful for this program and – why is he rated so low? Who who are you referring to? Uh, the kid, the kid from Columbus, Ryan, Ryan Rodriguez, the, the center. Yes, yeah. Um, why is he rated so low? Uh, I I think he's a good player. I don't think that he's jumped out to college coaches as a great player, and um, 
Larry Bluestein's going to come on. I'll get his opinion on that also. But, uh, but you know, I, I think that he is a, is a, a, a South Florida kid that clearly wanted to be at Miami. And the connection was there, obviously, between the two parties. And they, they took his commitment. But, you know, is an Alabama or Georgia – Gonna 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 recruit him? No, no. I mean, I th- I think they're probably recruiting better players. You know, um, I think this kid can be a good player. Uh, you know, along the lines maybe of the the type of uh, offensive lineman that, that we've had here through the years. Um, I'm trying to think like, you know, can he be as good as like a, Ty- a Tyler Gauthier? Or, you know, I don't know. Um, I saw Tyler by the way just getting a look by the Patriots, but um, you know, I don't know if he yeah. can be that good. It's it's way it's way too soon to make a prediction like that before he's even stepped foot on a college campus. Um, I think as a, as a South Florida recruit, that's a lineman at a, you know, a position that Miami struggles to recruit at. I think he was a definite take, but was Georgia was Alabama was Oregon. Were those type of schools going to come in here and recruit him? I don't think so. Well, overall, are you happy with the current offensive line class we have from the 21? Um, or, or a lot of unproven commodities to you? I mean, Michael McLaughlin is a project. Proje- he's a project. Uh, another local South Florida kid who's going to end up being 300 pounds. He's got a 6'8 frame. They think he can become a tackle. Definite take. You know, Rodriguez, definite take. Um are you happy with that? Uh, and Lawrence Seymour, a little undersized. You know, uh, you know, we'll see what he ends up be- becoming. Um, one of the greatest need positions on the team. I would say if you're looking to take that position to the next level, you probably needed one or two real, you know, surefire dudes in there that they may or may not have at this point. Um, so no, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm hard to be, I'm like, I won't be happy till we're recruiting like top teams in the country. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, it's, it, you know, it, it's like, I want to see this program get back to being one of the best programs in the country again, and be up there like the Bama's and Ohio States and Clemson's and Georgia's. I mean, that, that's what I think Miami football should be. So, you know, my standards are going to be, you know, be a little higher, you know, I don't, but. I don't know that that's reality right now, everything. I think we got to be honest. I mean, they are not positioned no, right now to go out and recruit at a national level around the country coming off of seven and six and six and seven and the games they lost at the end of last year. So what do they have to do? They have to dominate South Florida. They have to get every kid in South Florida that has a pulse that can play college football. And I think they're, they're, I think they're, they're, they're doing that. I mean, obviously there's a few of the elite kids that they're not getting that are going to other places, but you know, and, and you know, that's, you know, Larry Bluestin and I are getting ready to talk about this in, in a moment, but um, you know, I think they're doing, I think they're doing what they, what they, what they realistically can do. And, and that's getting the better local kids. And, and I think you gotta, you know, you could throw Isaiah Walker, in that same class, like Isaiah Walker is, is a developmental situation. No question. Like he's not walking in there, you know, ready to, you know, challenge for the all American team. Like they're going to have to develop him. but he's a quality South Florida kid that they recruited out of high school. He initially signed with Florida was a definite take for them. So that's just where they are right now. And, 
you know, I think that's the reality. And what they're going to have to be able to do is win with these kids that they're taking. And then once they start winning and put Miami back on the map a little bit and get a little respectability back, then they can go out on the national level and maybe upgrade the, the, the level of athlete that they get. But listen, right now it, it, it's South Florida bust and they're doing a pretty good job. Well, I was hoping once all that stuff was hitting with Dabo and Clemson, I was really hoping that might open the door just a little bit with Marcus Tate. Uh, but he's, you know, he's solid. He's not going anywhere. He's going to go to a winning culture that's proven culture. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully we get to play. Hopefully we get to go up to Clemson, South Carolina, and kick their ass, shock the world. Never we'll know. see what Maybe happens. The all right, Gary everything. I gotta let I gotta let you go because the, the the one guy that knows the ghost. You got the ghost, that knows a little a little bit more, just a little just a shade more than you about South Florida high school football, is uh, on the line. So I'm I'm I, I want to shift gears over there. But thank you so much for being on the show. Take and, care you know, of the ghost, I think, baby. I, I think as always, you're you you know you're right on point with everything you said. So uh, glad to hear thank your you voice. Again. Be well. Thanks for th- thanks for Black being part of the show. Me. All right, so now we are going to talk recruiting for a little bit with the guy that, you know, without question is the dean of South Florida High School football. Um, he and I have been bumping into each other all over the place for several decades now. Uh, he surprised me a, a while back. He even has some of my old clippings from, geez, the 19, I guess it was 1970s and early 80s uh, when I started at the Miami Herald and was covering a lot of high school football. And, uh, that's Mr. Larry Bluestein. Larry, welcome back to uh, Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Good. How you doing, Gary? I appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting time uh, this this off season for the Hurricanes. And uh, hopefully, somewhere along the line, as you I was listening to you, it could translate. Um, but um, yeah, it's certainly uh, you and I had a lot of conversations at pregame last year. All the home games, we'd kind of stand along the uh, the sideline and talk about some of the things that needed to be rectified. And um, they did, uh, you know, they went and got themselves a very good offensive coordinator, uh, tremendous offensive line coach. And, and from all the reports I get from Arizona state, uh, uh, an excellent uh, receiving coach. So <clears throat> that needed to be done. I mean, no doubt about it. I, I think that um, you and I talked about the coaching and, the coaching, if you coach these kids up, uh, they become better players. You get better athletes. And uh, certainly they, they've tapped into a, into South Florida very well. And I think that's um, that was so important to do something all but two um, so far from the class of 2021 20, are from the state of Florida, which, uh, which is awesome. Uh, you know, I mean, we can't say enough about that. And um I think they're going about it the right way, uh, but uh, you got to have about two or three of these type of things to to even be considered to be in the in the mix for a playoff. No doubt, no doubt, and and you know it's it's been interesting because of all the there's been so much excitement and 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 people I, I think you know people down here they they want to believe 
that this thing is going to turn around. I mean, last year was just, it was just so painful for everybody. And yes, a lot needed to change. And, and you and I, like you mentioned, we're, we're seeing it all. Like we knew we, we, you know, you know, we, we've been doing this so long. Like we were watching, we, we knew what needed to change and we knew, um, just that, that things needed, needed to be different than what they were. And, um, so a lot of what you and I were seeing was the failings in the local recruiting. And, sure. uh, you know, I was just talking about that with one of our callers and, you know, right now Miami, and I'm sure you'll agree with me on this is not positioned to go out around the country and compete with the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Georgias, the Clemsons for the surefire ready to go elite players around the country. You know, they're yeah. not going to be able to go, go compete for the top center in America. Okay, they got to take Ryan well, Rodriguez not, yeah. and develop them. Yeah, well, they're not a national team right now. No, they're not a national uh, and, and team I, right and now, I, exactly. And I, and, I think I, and I think I mentioned this to some of the people that outside of this little, uh, little bubble that we're in, and uh, it's been a nice little bubble, a little local bubble of recruiting these kids and getting a lot of big-time uh, talent – but outside this bubble, they're still six and seven and, and losing the Correct. Louisiana Tech because nobody Correct. else knows and they don't care. Nobody, nobody in California or Chicago or up in the Northeast cares. They don't care about what you've done. They don't care about Quincy Roche. They don't care about Derek King. They don't care. They just watch no. you lay a, a horrible egg in a, in a bowl game. They watch you lose to Duke and they lose, watch you lose to FIU. So, that's what the nation sees. So to me, what they've done locally is a perfect way to kind of rekindle that national um, prominence by winning. And uh, that's the only way you're going to get it. You're not going to get it by losing to Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech at home. You're just, no, they, you're just I not. Mean, they did the only thing they could do. I mean, Manny overhauled the coaching staff. He made the changes he needed yeah. to make. And then they got a great break with this coronavirus, which put pretty much literally put a wall up around Dayton Broward County. And yeah. they've taken advantage of it. And, and, and they've gotten in on all, on all these local kids. And I, I think it's uh, of the 21 commits on the board right now, Larry, 17 of them are from Dayton Broward County. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I want to talk to you about that a little bit, it, you know, it, you know, also, you know, is it almost too many? But, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that here in a second. So, you know, they, the failings on the local recruiting scene, you know, were obvious. And, and Manny has done exactly what he needs to do. And now he's got to develop these kids and win, and he's got to do it quickly. And it's not going to be easy. Uh, how, how many of these kids coming in do you think – can make major contributions to this program in year one or two? Oh boy. Well, I looked at a lot of them, obviously your, your kicking game, which could have, uh, if you had a kicker last year, you're, you win three more games. You win Georgia Tech, you win Virginia Tech. You, you could have beaten Florida. You know I mean? I, I'm just saying, I mean, if you want to be, uh, so the kicking game, certainly even with, with Jose coming in, deadly accurate kind of on the job training last year against Miami for, for FIU. And we know that his brother will be coming in early. I talked to him the other day in yeah. January. So, so, so Andre coming in can contribute right away. Right away. 
best kicker okay. I've seen in a long, long, long time. Very accurate. Um, so definitely he, he will be one of the guys. Now, I think of the receivers coming in, you're looking at Romello Brinson having an opportunity because he's a big play guy. There, if you look back, they don't really have anybody coming back that, uh, that you could look at right now. And I know that's a 21 class, and that's not for a year. But in this grouping here, you don't unless somebody emerges in this class, you know, this year, in the, you know, from Pope or maybe Hardly or or anybody that's here now because you lost a really good uh, guy in, in Osborne who really had was the better of the receivers. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that you're going to look at maybe a receiver or two will have an opportunity uh, to come in. Definitely Cam Kitchens because I think Cameron Kitchens is as good as safety. Um, Anticipation-wise, he's always around the play. Ever since I've watched him, and I've seen him 15 times live over two, three years now. And the kid, the kid's just a gamer. You're not going to keep him on the bench. He'll get in there from day one in the practice. Offensive line, you like to say, but there's really nobody in this offensive line other than you know extensive depth. Um, uh, you know, coming in for 21, you're just, but you got a young offensive line now. So you right. know, the, the, the deal is to develop what you have. And I think that, that, uh, Garen justice will do that. Um, you can only get so much out of people. I mean, I, I still think that in gainer, uh, you have a quality, a guy who's a potential ACC, all ACC center, but he's got to have people around him. I mean, he just can't do it himself. Um, Obviously, offensive linemen, you're going to have a lot of depth coming in, uh, so nobody there. Uh, as far as running game, you got. I mean, Franklin obviously is going to be a a key uh, because he's a but big. But he's bat. going to be behind. He's going to be behind Cheney and yeah, Knight. yeah, yeah. He will be. Well, let's see how that works out this year. Let's see. You know, I mean, they're they're different. All of them are different backs. You got to remember that in in in. Uh, Thad Franklin, you have a a Big Ten type of back, big back, wear you down. Uh, so he's got to be in the mix. I mean, he's going to be in the depth mix. He's going to wear people down, uh, down the line, obviously. I'm a huge uh, Tyler Van Dyke fan. I've told you that. I think that uh, I, I've watched him enough to know that, you know, I know they keep going after uh, Jake Garcia and all the other. But, you know, okay, that's fine. But you, you'll see when competition comes for the you know in that class that that uh, Tyler Van Dyke is going to be right in it. So to me, wide receiver wise, I think that you'll see somebody in the slot. If if Harley doesn't step up, this is his year. Right now is his year. This is his stage. If he doesn't, then you'll see Restrepo push him a little bit because that's a kid who's a an intelligent kid. May not have the speed. Doesn't have the speed that Harley has, but he's got that got that that instinct about him. Uh, secondary wise. We know that Miami's going to need, um, uh, you know, they've got some pretty good frontline kids now, but they don't have any depth. So everything that's got, you know, that's being looked at, it's going to be depth. Now up front, you know, Leonard Taylor is going to push hard. Uh, yeah, got Leonard Taylor to me is is a guy that can play early. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's not your typical recruit that Miami's been getting over the last, well, I could say maybe. 10, 15 years. He's a guy that you could have gone, could have gone to Alabama or one of those schools. And, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought twice about it, uh, you know, cause he's that type of talent. So certainly 
that's where they're deficient, you know, on the defensive line. And, and that's what I said when people take a look at the recruiting class and want to jump for joy. It's nice to jump for joy. But Leonard Taylor's a great football player, but Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State have two and three of those coming in. So that's right. so, a big difference. So just like – so Leonard Taylor to me and James Williams – are two yeah, well, guys in this class that are different level players that can come in and immediately make an impact on the team. Would you agree? Well, we'll see. You know, yeah, yeah. I like James Williams, but like again, I'm just there's no six five safety anywhere in football. Cam right. Chandler, yeah. Chancellor's your tall, your tallest guy at six three and a quarter. I mean, and you True. look back, you know, and that's the thing in college or the NFL. I mean, you look back at your big safeties, and they're pretty much, you know, the 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 old days, uh, the Lou Oliver's at six three and a quarter. Steve Atwater's at six three and a quarter. The David Fulcher's at six three and a half, six four. So a six five safety to me is nice, but I only wish that he was coming in this year because he would get a chance to go against somebody like a, a Brevin Jordan or somebody like that who he's really going to have to match up against. Those type of guys, uh, you right. know, if he see plays he that safety do. position. Yeah, see what he could do. I, I like James. He's a great athlete. I just think that down the line. He's going to probably make the move to outside linebacker. I personally think so, uh, but we'll see. You know, I mean, it's sort of like you know how it is when they bring in a quarterback and everyone goes, you know, okay, look at look at Jackson. I mean, that, they were making him a wide receiver from the time that he started playing quarterback at Boynton Beach. But next thing you know, he's at Louisville doing the same thing and, and, and dazzling people, and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So you let them play out of the – themselves out of the position and I think James will get an opportunity to do it uh, but you know he's this is a huge step up you go to ACC and you're you're lined up against some big time receivers guys are coming out of the slot that you know it's going to be maybe a tough matchup for him I mean he's, he's an okay cover guy but I mean he's going to have to be a better cover guy uh, we'll see I mean I like James I understand what you're saying from athletic standpoint because He's a, he's a beast, and he always has been. But well, I, I just think that – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm just trying to identify guys that are in this recruiting class that are going to walk in the building and make immediate impacts. Yeah. Because everyone you – know, you know, because it's, it's, it's like you – know, I think that we've got – because all these kids are from South Florida, that, the, that there's the impression – that this recruiting class is distinctly di- different, and it, it, it's only distinctly different because of Leonard Taylor and James Williams. You know, like yeah, I, well, I agree yeah. with you on Cam Kinchins. I think he's a great, going to be a very good player. I see Cam Kinchins, and I see Jaquan Johnson. Um, yeah, you know that that, that, well, that you know that that that's what I which, see. Whether I'm not, whether yeah, I'm right wrong, right. I don't know, but that that's yeah, what I see. Yeah, not, um, I I look at Romello Brinson, and I see. You know uh, Jeremiah Payton and D Wiggins. Um, you know I'm yeah. Like, both of them play up to their potential. They're extremely good. So yeah, but he's a difference maker. He's got great ball skills. He he'll go up and get a ball. He's not going to shy away. He's not afraid to get hit. I think he's the type of guy that gets in the rotation because of the fact that there's a, there's a uh, you know you sit and this is what I always do. I always put myself in a position where you you're at practice and all of a sudden these kids aren't catching anything, any of the guys that they have. And then all of a sudden, uh, Lycan says, hey, get in there. Let's see what you could do. And all of a sudden, he starts doing it and catching everything. And then all of a sudden, he's a, he's a freshman and he's, he's showing, you know, he doesn't care. You know I mean? Miami's at that point now, Gary, where everybody is wearing a uniform. They're, they're in play. 
So, you know, I mean, you're coming off a 6-7 season. You haven't had, uh, you know, you've you've beaten the the ACC Coastal Division champions two years in a row. <laughs> you know, I mean, so you know that that it's always, you know, you have the potential, but I right. just think there was a lacking. I think there was a a lacking of, you know, we we watched last year, and you and you figure, you know, to yourself, oh, they're coming out today, and they're gonna they're gonna bruise Central Michigan. And they didn't. And you say nope. that, oh, what, Virginia Tech, there, come on, Georgia Tech. I mean, Collins is in his first year, and he's not really, you know, he's still trying to take that, you know, that uh, uh, that Johnson offense that was in Tech for 38 years and trying to revamp it, and they they lose to Georgia Tech. See, that's, to me, Miami, the, when you signal Miami of old, you you talk about a team that gets out to a 38 nothing halftime lead, and then kind of like, you know, then starts inserting people, and at the end of the day, it's 52-7. And that's against ACC competition like Georgia Tech when they're down. Uh, because these teams and these schools, you got to remember, Jeff Collins is an awesome coach. He's at a great school with intelligent kids. Um, so he's going get, to get a whole lot better. Virginia Tech is always going to be in the play because, remember, they're – area in Virginia Beach and Norfolk is comparable to South Florida from talent wise, you know, from the Vicks and all those people that come out, Ronald Curry's and people come out of that area. So they're always going to be in that mix. See the North Carolinas are the ones that you look and the reason why that they jumped up good coaching. They got, they got a quarterback who, you know, was originally going to go to Florida state, but then he decided to, to go to North Carolina. So things fell into place. Mac Brown's a good coach. You know he he's a players coach even at at his age so those are little intangibles and then Miami's got to but Miami to get back to where you know and I hate to say because Miami's just really not in that mix in in any time soon to to be a, a Clemson a Florida a, a, to be an Alabama to be an Ohio State or an Oklahoma they're just not they're there are no, two I, more good really good recruiting class I mean you could. You know, you could, people could argue all they want with me, but it, if you see this every single day and, and watch these players, they're good, but they got nobody like them behind. And that's go in that yeah. challenge. Go look. Yeah, at and, and you, you and I are are one hundred percent on the same page on this, and I absolutely agree. And that brings me to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. Now, all right, so there's been great celebration you've had the coronavirus it's made all the local kids want to stay home with their moms and it's worked out and they've gotten all these commitments 17 of the 21 commits on the board right now are from Dade and Broward okay my next question to you and the next thing I wanted to talk about is and and I've had several people say this to me that I that I have that I trust in that I know know what the hell they're talking about and I want to get your opinion on this is 17 of 21, and, and we're two guys that have been sitting here for years talking about how they're not getting enough for the better players from South Florida. Is 17 of 21 commits from Dayton Broward County too many? Are there 17 great difference-making players in Dayton Broward County? Well, I don't think Miami has. I mean, they're still iffies. You know, Khalil Brantley's still kind of a tweener. Uh, Timmy Burns is still not the biggest guy in the world. Great heart and all that. Um, I I still think that Miami has. Uh, um, no, I mean, you know, there you know, there's some kids that got away. You know, you lost three guys uh, for 21 to Alabama. I mean, you know, the, 
you know, when you take a look at it, I mean, there's, there's still three guys from the South Florida area that went there. You still lost two two guys to University of Florida that were really good. So, no, you didn't get everybody. But, I mean, you know what? I look at it this way, Gary. I think that you're going to have to crawl a little bit before you can walk. So, I think that we went from the fact that everybody was lambasting Miami uh, for only coming away with like four Shamanai guys a couple of years ago yep. to the point where we're at now, you know? So, you know, there's gotta be a happy medium. We haven't found it yet. Uh, let's just hope that all these, I, and, and you can't go on past history, you know, Oh, well, you know, we failed with the guys from uh, Northwestern last time. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, you know I mean? I just think that you're not going to hit on everybody and whether those just happen to be, you know, Northwestern guys that all came here. And, and uh, you know, I just, I just think that the jury's going to be out uh, how many guys end up, you know, in this class. I mean, you still have a ways to go before they, they sign on the dotted line, you know, and anything could happen. So, I mean, I mean, everybody's so lost into the fact that, you know, that uh, these guys are going to be either hits or misses. I just think that, uh, you know, there's no, nothing – I mean, because I even look at Alabama's – uh, recruiting class from like three, four years ago. And there was a lot of misses too. Just we don't, you don't magnify them enough because they've got kids that are are hitting. So that's what my well, they, they, they yeah they, they hit on elite. The yeah, elite cover yeah, up for any do. misses they make otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So, but Miami doesn't have that leeway. You see, that's the thing. If Miami doesn't, I mean, they don't have all these marquee guys. I mean, you got you got the rentals like De'Ara King and Quincy Roche who are definitely game changers but they're here and gone you know what I mean? yeah I mean, you're not the, building the, the, the fact that those two walk into the program as guys out of the transfer portal and are probably now two of the top three four players on the team it, it shows you where you're coming from trying to get this program back to being good again um yeah so so just just to get back to my my question because it's 17 out of 21 from Dayton Broward County too many from Dayton Broward County. Just the state of Florida, Larry, you get around, you go around and see kids in Tampa and Orlando yeah. and, and, and Jacksonville, and you get around the state a little bit. Um, is taking 17 of 21 just from Dayton Broward too many? Well, no, I don't think so, because I look back in the 80s and the early 90s, and they were getting about that many, too. They're getting 15 and 16 kids from this area back then. If you got to remember that they, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it matters who comes through for them. I mean, you know, I mean, if you have, like we said, if eight of them come through over the next two years, then you don't even think about, you know, the other nine that probably didn't hit. Uh, Because every class, I don't care who it is, SC, Oklahoma, whoever it is, you're not hitting on everybody. To say it's too much, I would much rather have kids from South Florida because of the fact that it's only going to keep a pipeline going. You know, even if you miss with them, at least Miami took the chance of bringing these kids in, where in the next cycle, in the 22 class, you're going to have a lot of kids who may, you know, they go, oh, well, geez, they didn't take so-and-so, so I'm not going to go there. Well, this is a reason. I think I think that 17 kids are going to be fine. Um, the very fact that you're going to, you know, you get a little, a few more people coming to games, too, and be, you know, when they're allowed to come to games, um, I think it's going to be really uh, a boost for them. Um, and then time tell, you know, time will only tell. I mean, you know, I could just sit here and say, oh, well, way too much, but it's not because I was looking at the 85, 86, 87 team and you'd be, you'd freak out how many guys that were from South Florida that were on 
the roster. And you know, you remember, you were covering them. So, yeah, yeah, it's just, I just think that, you know, from the standpoint of uh, familiarity, it's, it's, I think it, it helps in the transition uh, quite a bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, just so much has happened in the last three, four months where on a, we would, we would have been able to see how, you know, because a, a lot of those kids, Remember, if they were practicing during the spring, if they were doing the summer stuff, a lot of those kids in the 21 class, like you said, maybe they wouldn't have gotten them. But let's say they would have gotten them. They would have been down at campus every day, you know, just like yeah. those, you know. The, the So you would have been creating a bond with the coaches, with the other players. So when they get here, it'd be like seamless. So I think that they're doing the best they can. You can't – and, you know, I just keep thinking about how many people – screamed and yelled all the time. Oh, we're not doing well in South Florida. When are we going to get kids in South Florida? Now yeah, we got well, them. And, uh, they can't say know, that so this I, year. And, and yeah, I no, don't want to hear from the Luther Campbells of the world this year that Miami is not doing right by the South Florida football community because they are all in, okay? Man, Manny Diaz is wagering his entire coaching career right now. Certainly as a head coach. He's wagering yeah, the whole to, thing to, on South Florida and Dayton Broward County. Shots, not to take any shots, but he didn't have a whole lot of chips to, to gamble with after last year. Uh, you know no, what I mean? That was but, just, but, uh, but, but, yeah. But, no, you know, I understand the, what you're saying. But that's, you know, because of the way recruiting went the previous few years that, you know, they, but, you know, but the bottom line is he is wagering it all right now on Dayton Broward County. And, and these guys around town cannot, start bitching anymore that Miami is not committed to the local players because they're all in. Okay. So that's, so that's yeah. one thing. Now, no. let now Larry, you, you talked about some of the misses. Obviously I agree. You know, the guys like Ja'Cory Brooks going Alabama, Dallas Turner. Um, you talked about the, you know, Jason Marshall, Corey Collier going to Florida, Tyreek Sapp right now looking like he's going right. to Florida. If he sticks there, he might go somewhere else. Um, but the point is there are still some very good players getting away. No question about it that obviously Miami wishes they were getting. Now you do rankings. A lot of people do rankings. Um, yeah. I look at the rivals rankings, obviously, because we're part of the rivals network and I look at the top 100 and I see that there are 11 top 100 players in the state of Florida. And I, and I think that Leonard Taylor is misranked right now by rivals. And I think in the next, in the next um, ranking system, the next ranking release that Leonard Taylor is going to be the 12th top hundred player from the state of Florida. I'm, I feel pretty certain about that because he should be. All right. So let's say that there's, oh, yeah. there's, there's 12 top 100 players uh, in the country from the state of Florida. And right now, two of them, if you count Leonard Taylor are committed to Miami. And um, what do you think that that to me is what needs to change? You know, your your top 12 would probably be very similar to Rivals top 12, you know, with a couple right. different, you know, a couple differences and stuff like that. Um, to me, that's what ultimately is going to need to change that. You know, if there's a, if there's 12 top 100 players in the state of Florida, Miami's got to get at least four of them. Um, you know, I think that Florida State yeah, will get no. a few and, and Florida will get a few. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because you look at, I mean, and you look at those top 100 players and you look in the, and I judge them more in the top 20, uh, and you look at those top 20 players and you're going to see a lot of Alabamas. Uh, and you know what here too, because I have to figure in, in the state of Florida rankings is it gets skewed a little bit because you got to remember those IMG kids are counted. 
And right. most of those kids, without with the exception of Jacory Brooks and maybe Huntley, who just transferred there. I mean, I'm because I, you know, I was I've been really looking over to twenty one, twenty two. I mean, you take a look at IMG's got a quarterback from Michigan. They've got a, a wide receiver from Alabama. They got one from they got an offensive lineman uh, from Texas, from Pennsylvania, from Ohio. So that are all IMG guys, and they're quote unquote supposed to be Florida. So it, that kind of gets skewed a little bit. And plus the fact that if you look at the twenty two rankings, you don't see a lot of IMG guys because most of them transfer their final year. So those are awfully tough to to kind of play with those little things. And and you got to remember, even though IMG's quote unquote considered a Florida school, they're not. <laughs> I mean, they're really not. So that kind of plays with it a little bit, but. You know, certainly I think, and I told you, because I've watched a lot of these kids, and it's tough for me to, to listen to a guy rank a kid when they've never seen him. And that's my, that's been my pet peeve forever. Because you know me, when I first started, I had change in my pockets and using pay phones, and I had no cell phones, and I had no computers. So that's the way I learned how to do it, by going and seeing these kids. And, you know, going to Pensacola and Tallahassee and Tampa and Orlando and Jacksonville and throughout the entire state to eyeball these kids. You know, I mean, that's what I think a lot of – that's why I look. And I've seen every safety. I've seen all these kids. And, and for Cameron Kinchins, and that's maybe to Miami's benefit that he wasn't as highly regarded. But you'll see. He's going to be as productive as anybody Miami's had in a long time. And you can com- compare him to Jaquan Johnson, but is that such a bad thing? That kid was uh, – he ended up being the heart and soul of that program. No you know, question. I mean, you know, for, right. And he's still in the NFL, and he's a four-time All-State guy you know, out of Killian. So to me, having guys like that who are productive, I take the star system and throw it out the window because, right. I mean, to me, it's awfully nice to be a four or five star, but if, if you're not a productive four or five star, you know, it's sort of like having a pitcher who's going to pitch once every four or five days, as opposed to an infielder who's playing every day. And that's why I look at guys like that and, you know, guys who, who bring so much to the table in this class. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, I haven't been highly critical of James Williams. I just think that he sometimes plays out of position only because he's the premier athlete on every team he's been with, whether it be Heritage or Western or where he started with Pace. He's always been the premier athlete. I think he gets here and people will see him in a different light. They'll see, hey, you know, he's going to have to play the position he's suited for and not a position that, you know, that he wants to play. And, uh, you know, and he may. He may. And then, like I said, they're going to give him every shot in the world to, to do what he wants to do. But, yes, I agree. He's a premier guy. Uh, Leonard Taylor is a premier guy. I mean, you look at guys like Savion Collins, who was like the first guy to commit in this class when he was a ninth grader at Southwest, and now he's at Palmetto, and he's up around 300 now, and he's a big guy. I think that what, what uh, uh, Mike Manasco has done at Palmetto has been just unbelievable, you know, getting a Brashard Smith and getting guys like that to, to perform at a high level. And, um, yeah, so I think that Miami – I think what Miami got, and, and people don't – and I think fans have to understand is they've got performers. They may not got, have guys that are going to – strike up the beauty contest, but they've got guys who are productive on the field, Gary. And that's, you know, and I've seen them with my own eyes and that's why I was excited when they got this guy or that guy. And, and, and certainly, yep. you know, when, when, and you and I, how many times last year did we bump, ha- bump into the Restrepo and his family and everyone's trying to dissect him and pull him apart. But if you look back at the spring, he got all the high regards for what he did on the football field, what he did in the classroom. To me, 
you could take those people who are judging him by, you know, by his height and weight, you know, and throw those numbers out, not when you have the real article. And that's what I'm trying to say. What Miami's done, and, and I think credit's got to go, and like I say, credit's got to go to Ed Reed for what he's been able to do, just being around and, you know, being a, you know, a figure in, the, in that program to, to guys like Bonda and to guys like Steve Fields and people like that who, who are not afraid to go out and kick in some doors, and that's what they've done. And, uh, you know, they may yep. not have been at Beauty Queen's houses, but they've come away with some pretty good uh, and productive football players. They put, they put a lot of passion into it, I'll tell you that. And, and, and yeah, it's, they have. It's, and, nice to see it. it's nice to see it paying off for them. You know, the, yeah. coronavirus, no coronavirus, they're getting kids this year that they probably weren't getting in recent years, and, and – it's nice to see them winning some, so that's all good. Larry, thank you so much. Sure. I won't take up any more of your time tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm glad we had a chance to to catch up on some of this stuff, and uh, we'll do it again down the road. Good stuff. Thank you, Gary. Have a great night. Stay safe. Thanks, Larry. He's Larry Bluestein, the unquestioned dean of South Florida High School football, and um, hope you guys enjoyed that segment, and uh, it gave you a lot of insight. All right. Uh, one thing I do want to say that just uh, came across the wire while we were talking, um, the Big 12 has come out and said that they plan to push forward the play this year. So as of now, you, you know, I think if the Big 12 holds tough, I think the ACC will hold tough. If those two hold tough, I think the SEC holds tough. And maybe the pressure shifts a little bit back to some of these conferences that pulled the plug. Who knows? Um, it's hard to imagine a college football season with so many schools not playing. I, it just doesn't seem right. You know, you, you know, how, how are you going to have playoffs that matter? Uh, you're certainly going to have a hard time having bowl games and, and things like that. It would just be really, really weird, and it would seem very forced. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But right now you've got Big 12, ACC, and probably the SEC all still looking like they want to play. So um, we'll continue to monitor how that happens. All right, let's go back out to the phone lines, 563-999-3550, 563 563- Nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the number one if you'd like to come on the show. Uh, let's see who's next in the queue. I think I recognize this number. It should be Brucey W. Bruce Warner. How you What's doing, up, man? Welcome back. Welcome back to Kane Sport Live. Yeah, it's been a hell of a six months, right, Gary? Oh my crazy, God. huh? It's crazy. I mean, uh, they were six and seven. I remember the board like it was yesterday. Fire this guy. Fire the staff. Get rid of this guy. Get rid of Blake. Remember, it was like a whole month of that. And then it kind of eased, and then Kobe died, and then the rest of 2020 has been in the shitter. It's just terrible. I mean, I lost a cousin to this COVID. It's it's just really bad. But I'm lucky. I guess you're lucky. You know, you could stay home and work. I stay home and work. And hopefully everybody's staying safe. Although I do agree with you, though. I don't know where these numbers come from, 10,000, 12,000. I think yesterday was 4,155. I'll take that. That's at least a downward trend. That would be nice if we could get somewhere in the two or 3,000s instead of 10,000. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it certainly so, would. Um, so I listened to you and my man, Blue. What a great guy. I think it was his birthday the other day. I, I Happy birthday to him on Facebook. Um, but so, you know, you touched on something earlier that I wanted to touch on. I, know, I don't want to keep repeating it. It's not just the recruiting, but I remember you making comments back at the beginning of this year that Manny looked in the mirror. Unlike Golden and unlike Rick, 
this guy looked in the mirror and said, I can't keep doing this. Something has to change. I mean, of course he heard all the people bitching and complaining in the board and so on and so forth, but he did it. And that you have to give him a lot of credit yeah, for what he did. Yeah, and, and, and listen, because the yeah. would never have come had he not said to my, himself, "I got to fix this, or else nothing's gonna." I'm going down with the ship, and he did. I, it. Mean, I was as hard. I was as hard on what I was seeing as anybody. I mean, I, I was. I mean, I couldn't believe my eyes at what Miami football had become last year. And you know, yeah, a thing like a lot needed to change. And you're totally right, Bruce. I mean, you know, we've seen Al Golden and 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 you know, so many of these guys through and through Shannon the years. too. The same thing. I mean, Shannon, I think uh, had a had a different 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 issues happen. But you know, certainly Al Golden had he like say made the move to Mark D'Onofrio, you know, and, and made the move on Mark D'Onofrio and got Mark D'Onofrio out of the program and and hired a, a top-flight defensive coordinator, he might still be the coach at Miami. I wrote this the other day. Um, Mark Richt, had he recognized the mistakes he made in making his son the quarterback's coach who couldn't <laughs> – he couldn't recruit quarterbacks, and he couldn't coach quarterbacks, and he couldn't control the room and keep those kids out of trouble, okay? He could do nothing, okay? Mark Rick had to, had to see that, whether it was his son or not his son. And if he solved that issue alone and brought himself in, uh, even if it was Rhett Lashley, and brought himself in a, a, a offensive coordinator that could be a difference maker on his staff, he might still – not be retired, and he might still be the coach at Miami. So, you know, Manny Diaz got off to as bad a start last year as you ever could see a coach get off to, and he had two ways to go. He either had to own it and make sweeping changes, or the whole ship was going to go down with him and, and, and not recover for an extremely long time. And um, right. Now, one thing we don't, don't know, because yeah, they haven't going, played anything. But, Right, Gary. They haven't done anything yet, but as as the head coach, we don't know what he can do. We know what he's done in the off season. We know he's looked at it the bigger picture. But can he actually coach? Can he lead these guys? Is it Jaron Williams, who's no longer here, a guy like that who was a cancer on the team? Is he going to be allowed to cause more cancers on the team, or is Manny going to stop that and make sure he knows he's got these guys playing for him? I've heard from some of the people that you know I talk to, that these kids are really jacked up to play. They really want to play. They've gotten rid of all the dead wood. And these guys, even the backup offensive lines like Herbert and all these guys, they really want to play. They're all bought in. So I'm hoping that there's a season this year because Manny deserves it. I mean, he's really done what we never thought was possible, you know. He's done everything he could do. He really has. I mean, right. he's done everything he can do. He owned every problem. He attacked it. He – uh, you know, he he had to get rid of some guys, and um, shoot, they, they're going to be paying Dan Enos some, over a million dollars for the next two years. Like, okay, they got, <laughs> they got rid but, of him. They got rid of him. That'll help. But but, but right, right. But I'm just saying, it's like that. That's not an easy thing to to do. Like to walk into the athletic director and say, I screw, I screwed up. You got to eat two million dollars or three million dollars. You know, like they don't have the budget for that at Miami. So, right, like, I know. you know, but he owned it all, okay, and and I give him nothing but credit, and I don't know how how it's going to turn out, but at least he, he if it doesn't turn out well, at least he doesn't have to have regrets, you know. I mean, he's he's really you know giving it his best shot here coming into the season. 
I agree. So let's go into a couple of topics, and then you can take the Good. rest of your callers. But and it's great to be on the show again because you know I, this pandemic has just not been healthy at all. I mean, I'm okay. You know, my wife, you know, she's all her concert tours all over the country all canceled, so I have to deal with that. But you know, we were talking about pass rush before in the defense. So and I, when we've had Russell Maryland on and some of these other guys on, they've told us the same thing. So Russo's gone. The ends are going to still be good. But if the defense, the defensive tackles are the ones that are going to have to make everybody better. If Ford and, and, and these other guys can get up the field, because they're really not good pass rushers, but if they can collapse the pocket, that'll take the double teams off those two defensive ends, and it'll help the linebackers fill gaps and make plays. So, as you know, as we've always, I talked to Russell. You know, we've had him on the show. That and those linebackers that were played when when he was there, they all tell you the same thing. If the defensive tackles can push up the field. That'll make our defense a hell of a lot better. Helps the linebackers and helps our corners because that's a concern. You know, we have two good, really good defensive ends, and the rest of it, for the most part, is a crapshoot. Do you agree? Yeah, I would totally agree. Yeah, I, I don't think we, I don't think we know really what, you know, especially when you look at the tackle position. I don't think we really know what they have there. You know, all those right. young kids, you know, Blissett and and Hunte and and, and those guys, they haven't shown anything yet you know i don't i don't i don't think we know what they have there and um you know that's gonna be even john ford like he's going into his last year now like that guy's got to be a dominant football player this year right he had a good year last year but he doesn't have much pressure on a quarterback but if he can collapse the pocket if silvera who looks much better he doesn't look as it's just fat and flat out of shape. He looks much better. If he could do well in Miller, they'll be, they'll be okay. And I think, you know, on defensive end, there's some guys out there, young kids that are going to play, and they'll, get, they'll, they'll be all right. I just think that – I think another part of our defense is if our offense could play better because how many three and outs have we had in the last five or six years? Probably more than they had in the 80s and the 90s combined. It's horrible. If the offense could do better, get – get out in front like maybe we, we should, that'll make our defense a hell of a lot better because they've been on the field way, way, way too much in, in, you know, in the last four, five, six years with the horrible quarterbacking that we've had at the University of Miami. That, hopefully this De'Eric King is the real deal because if he's not, then I guess you're stuck with Perry again and, and Van Dyke will have to play. But I, I no, think the is. offense is going to be better, and I think the offensive line is going to be better, a lot better. Yeah, that we're going to have to see. You know, I mean, we, well, yeah, they have a year under their belt, the kids, and the other guys have been here a year. The only problem is, is what is this, the third different offensive line coach in three years already? Yeah, but he he's a good coach. I, I, I'm more like, can John Campbell really play left tackle? You know, I don't know. I don't know that he can. Um, I, know, I hear Jared Williams is the real deal, though. He's very Jared, fit. Jared he's, Williams he's is, a, is a big kid that's played college yeah, he's football. he's a big kid. So, so right. he's going to be an asset, no question. You know, and I, I feel comfortable with Gainer at center. I feel comfortable with Scaife at right tackle. Um, the question is, what's going to happen no, at Scaife's left guard? Scaife's not going to play right tackle. I think he's going to play right guard. I meant Scaife. right guard. Yeah, yeah I meant and right guard. And on the left side, Trey Orr will be there, or uh, well, we'll see. But the, we don't know if he's or, we don't know what Zion he can Nelson do. Yeah, yeah, and we don't know what Zion Nelson can do as a guard. You know, he, he, he was a he was a failure as a tackle. Safe. But he won't right, be in but, space, Gary. But he these won't are be all unknowns. Worry about ends. My, they're all unknowns, is my point. And I, don't, I, I personally, 
don't know if John Campbell can hold up at left tackle. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, yeah, I, we'll I see. think that there's going to be a lot of quick passes, which is going to help those guys. I think the elusiveness of the Eric King is going to help them quite a bit because he's going to take broken plays and turn them into something. And I think the offense has to be significantly better than last year. I don't I, see how I, it can I agree. Be. I think – right. And now we got a kicker, hopefully. Yep. I mean, the kid's good. Uh, hopefully he can make clutch kicks because we haven't had yep. clutch kicks in years. Yep. Uh, one other thing. Let me ask you this because I don't even know the answer to this. Notre Dame playing this year, what's their status in this? Since it's, it's, it, there's no conferences, there's no, there's no coastal Atlantic. So what, if they come in second behind Clemson, they're, they're, they, they, yeah. they're in the title game? They're in the title game, yep. That's the way it's going to work. And, I, and I, think you, I think what you have to hope is that it goes well enough for them that they start to think about, hey, maybe we want to do this all the time, and that Notre Dame becomes a permanent member of the ACC because, in, in terms of football, because if that happens, I think you got a real conference. Like you got you got something going if you can, you know, add Notre Dame, the Clemson, Miami, Florida State. Um, you know, now you got a you got a, you now, now you're starting to go in the direction of the SEC. So, well, put them um, in that, the Atlantic Division because there's too many powerhouses in the coastal. Like, Duke. well, uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> this this one division thing, this one division thing, it, I wouldn't rule out this being an experiment that gains traction. Like, they, they, they might like like this one division thing. They might like it, but I don't know if like Duke, who's gotten into a title game before, and some of these other schools who would have absolutely no shot at it if they did it like this. I, I don't think that. I don't think. Yeah, that but what's the point if you're going to get into the title that. game and get blown out by Clemson anyway? So what? What's the point? So what? So what? At least they're playing for something during this year. They can go four and four, maybe get into the title game in the Coastal. Why? Would, you know, otherwise they're just playing out the string. I don't. I don't even think they care. If Notre Dame is in there, they've got to be. In, they have to have two divisions. That's how I look at it. We'll see what they do, but I, I, I like it for this year. I think it's going to be fun. Oh, okay. But I just, yeah, they are, they're, if they're in second, they're in it. But if it works, Bruce, I'm telling you, if it works and it's, an, an, it's, a, it's a good season and entertaining, and I wouldn't be shocked. I really wouldn't. You know, I would not be shocked if, if they said, hey, that's pretty, pretty good. Maybe we should stick to this. All right. Well, anyway, good talking to Florida you. State, and, I know Florida uh, State if, would be happy. I know the guys in Tallahassee would be happy if that happened. If what? If what? If Notre Dame was in if, it? If, if, if it went to one division. Oh. Because, you know, right now they got to deal with Clemson in the Atlantic, and, and you know, it's not going very well these days. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon, buddy. Be well. All right, Bruce. Thank, thank, thanks, as always, for being part of the show. I guess we'll be on in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we're we're gonna probably skip next week, and then we'll see what's happening. So we'll we'll go from right. there. Thank you, man. Okay, talk to you later. All right. All right. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero is the number. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Uh, let me see where we're at. I think we're up to the two four zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's going on, Gary? Man, this is uh, D Black. What's up, D Black? How you been, man? I've been all right, man. How you been? Doing great, doing great. Haven't heard from you in a while. Talk to us. You staying healthy? Yeah, I've been chill. Oh yeah, no doubt. I got to, you know. I got to. My son got a stage two kidney disease, so you know, I gotta, I gotta Aww. stay, you know. I gotta. Man, stay. isn't it? It's always, it's always it. something, huh? Dang, man, it's always something. Yeah. 
I mean, but he's good though. I mean, he's had this, you know, because this is he's, you know, was born. You know what I mean? And he's been fine. So, but I still, you know, got to take precautions. And I got another son too. So, but yeah, um, one of your callers, I think it was everything three hundred five, was talking about Quincy Roche is unproven, and you know, I gotta respectfully disagree with that. Like, yo, he's the he was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year. That that he, that that. I that's I, I think what he meant. I, is that unproven at this level? Um, I mean, no. He's uh, playing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's playing major Division One college football, and he was the defensive player of the year. Not all conference, you know. You know, not second team. He was the defensive player of the year. That means okay, but D Black. Let, let, let me let me play devil's advocate because I kind of no, see where there, everything's there, coming from. Wait one sec. There, wait, wait, wait. Give me there, one sec. Give me one sec. Give me one sec. I'll give you the floor back. I'm going to ask you the question. Why is he here? He's here because, I, of course, we know Miami is a bigger stage. We know Correct. that. But and and but he's got to prove himself. He's, and he's got to prove himself at a higher level of competition to improve his draft stock. If his draft stock was already proven, he wouldn't be here. He would have gone in the NFL draft, changing, right? But, 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 but you playing devil's advocate is changing the argument. See, you're changing the argument. The argument, the, the, the comment wasn't um, he's leaving Temple to better his draft status. The comment was he's unproven. And what I said was, he was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year. It's not like he's coming from James Madison or Citadel to Miami. It wasn't the Defensive Player of the Year. He was the Defensive Player of the Year. Yes, Temple's competition, if you want to say, is not the level that he will face at Miami, but he was the Defensive Player of the Year, Gary. So he's not unproven as far as a football player. But if you want to say it's competition level, cool, I'll give you that. But that as I think a that's football what he player, well, he needs to say that then. Since he knows uh, everything, he needs to say that. <laughs> and, and is, and hold on, hold on. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I wish you were still on the you're, you're phone. From, you're, taking from some, you're taking it from a guy who's been <laughs> coaching football for over 20 years, and I played college football. So now I'm going to something else. Now, was Greg – this time last year, did we know what Greg Russo was going to be? I think so. Did we know Greg Russo? No, we didn't. We didn't know I he was going to have I mean, 15 I would, I, I sacks. He, I thought I did. I didn't know he'd have 15 sacks, but I, I knew he that, was going to be that, elite. That's what I'm, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No one knew he was going to put up the gaudy numbers. Put it like this. Excuse me. Even the coaches didn't know because he didn't even start until the sixth game of the season. He was hurt. So nobody I knew said, it. Nobody knew it. Nobody I knew said, it. Deep black. He was. He was banged up. He was my, banged up, and that's okay. That's so, why he didn't start. So the point. So the, the point I'm making, right? The point I'm making. This is where I'm going with this. Feel me on this. This is where I'm going. So if none of us knew that Greg Russo was going to be. The great, because I, I think he was the best defensive player in the country, and I argue this with Chase's, with Chase Young's trainer all the time. The same information that I gave you when I told you uh, Anthony McFarland was going to Maryland, not coming here, because I got it from him. But who's to say Jafari Harvey won't have the season or close to the season that Russo had? Russo had 16 sacks. If he, if we get 10 sacks out of Russo. 
and six sacks out of Harvey. We're, we're fine. Look at We're good. Now, I keep hearing this narrative, right, Gary, on the message board and other people. They always say we've had garbage quarterback play. Like, do people forget the, that guy we had by, by the name of Brad Kaya? And if he had a better defense, he would have won more games? Like, mm-hmm. would you rather have – imagine if Brad Kaya came back for his senior season the year we had Malik Rogier. That's a totally different team. Would you agree? Yes, I would. He was a better player than he ever got credit for. He wasn't an elite quarterback, and the fact that he never made it in the NFL, I think, was evidence of that. But he was a, he was a very good college quarterback, and I agree with you. If he had a better team around him, he, he would have done more here. Hey, Gary, let me tell you something. He's an all-time leader passer at Miami. That, that, that speaks volume for the quarterbacks that we've had in the past, right? We don't lose to Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl with Brad Kaya. We, we, that's just in my opinion. That's just my opinion, my humble opinion. I could be absolutely wrong, but if football-minded people that's on this line look at it with their football lenses and you remember all the throws that Brad Kaya made and can make, Malik Rozier could not, in his wildest dreams, make the throws Brad could make. Oh, no now, doubt. Brad wasn't the, yeah, Brad wasn't the runner that, that Malik was, no. But then you got to think, we lost a mom, he lost a mom, Richards. So, I mean, but moving forward, like, because that's in the past, so we're going to move forward. You know, I totally agree with the last caller when he was like, yo, he was like, so what if Duke, Duke wins four games, they're playing in the ACC championship game. I agree with that because you play to win the games. You're playing to win a championship. So I, I agree with that. You know, and the recruiting, and like, put it like this. Everybody, everybody wants to kill Mike Rump, but nobody wants to kill Patchy. Mike Rump ain't the reason why we're losing games, right? Mike Rump develops his players, his team. His unit plays well. He took a cat that no one thought was going to ever play it down for University of Miami. Now he got him. He got him drafted, Mike Jackson. So mm-hmm. yeah, can Mike won't be a better recruiter? Yo, can Patty be a better recruiter? I mean, Bandit missed on some people too. He missed on the Keith, uh, the Freak Stevenson. He missed on somebody as well. But everybody wants to crush Mike Rump. And if the object of college is coaching and developing, I understand you got to recruit him to get him in. But, yo, he teaches them. He makes them better players. I'm just like, yo, I'm really not – I'm not going to bash Mike Rump for the players he don't get. I'm not going to do that. I mean, because you got a cat named Patchy who our special teams is horrible, and I don't see no, – I don't, I don't see any significant uh, um, what he's doing with the striker position. But no one's talking about getting him out of there. He would be the first cat that I would get out of there before Rump because Rump has shown he can coach and develop players. Patsy hasn't shown that to me. He hasn't shown that. Well, Patsy's so, only I mean, coaching he, a couple guys, D Black. I mean, he's he, he, people love to rip on him. I mean, he's only coaching a couple strikers. Like, it's, it's not – I mean, Romeo Finley had a decent season last year. I mean, he was coached by Patsy. 
you know, we'll see how the guys well, do this year. But I mean, Romeo, you know, I, I, it, it's, Romeo, it's hard to take shots at Patsky. I mean, people love to do it, but he's only coaching two, three guys. Bro, it's, uh, Gary, it's not hard. It's not hard. Oh, uh, Romeo Finley, he he had a decent season, but it was it was a drop off from his junior season when Manny was coaching him. When Manny was coaching him, he performed a lot better than when Packy coached him. He had a better junior season than he did his Packy was coaching him that year, too. Nah, not really. I'm just saying, like, everybody harps on want, 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 want. But they don't talk about the development that he's done with these players. Now, like, yo, if, if the trend continues, then, yeah, maybe you got to revisit that. But I'm like this. If my son played for Rump in high school, right, and I I feel, you know what, yo, I'm still, I'm going to sit in the Corey Raymond because I have, a, I built a relationship with Corey Raymond for four years. He's been recruiting my son for four years. Yeah, he's been my son's head coach, but he hasn't been my son's position coach. He's just been my head coach. So I've established a relationship with Corey Raymond or T-Rob or some other great DB coach in the country. I'm going to send him. Yeah, I'm going to send him there. I'm going to send him there. But now if Mike Wump is at University of Miami, and he's developing a relationship with my son for three, three years. And I like his development of players. Then, yo, that's what we sit down and we talk about. We weigh, we weigh the pros and the cons. That's what we do. I like his development. His players get better every year. No yeah, he's a good coach. Mike's Raymond a good coach. Mike's, yeah, Mike's a, a very good coach. coach. Yep. He's a hell of a coach. His... All right, D. Black, what else you got, man? You got anything else? Um, That's it, man. That's it. I enjoyed being back on the show. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully football will kick off this year. I think we got something great in store for the country. Um, Like you said earlier, we got to crawl before we walk. But I think I think that's a I think that's a fast crawl, not a slow crawl. I think we got a fast crawl this year. It could be. I think we're gonna um I think we're gonna um well I think we're gonna we're gonna turn some heads this year. I think we're gonna definitely turn some heads. Um and All I'll right, be on in two weeks when you come back. You got it, man. Thanks for calling in. Love your passion. All right. No problem. Yep. Love his passion, man. He's awesome. All right, uh, 563-999-3550. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going now to the 504. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, yeah, what's up, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. What's up, Roland? How you been, man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. I had a quick question, man. You know, I'm definitely, you know, excited about football and whatnot. But um, with this entire coronavirus, man, especially – um, I'm, I'm in Georgia, man. I really think that it would do um, a lot of these conferences well just to kind of shut it down, man. Because you, the reason I say that is because you think about a lot of the players. They're coming from parents, you know, single family, could be raised by their mom or their grandparents. And um, these are amateur athletes. They're not getting paid. And they create the most thing that, that I can't get wrap my head around is that um, let's say they do have a season and you allow 20,000 fans at a game and it's going to be mandatory to wear a mask. So is, is it more important to, to wear a mask to watch amateur football than to 
not wear masks on an everyday basis, we wouldn't even be in a situation if, if we just wore masks, man, you know, throughout the country. So um, as much as I would like to see the Canes play this year, I just think we 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 really don't even have an identification on how this virus will um, be in someone's body 10 or 15 years from now. That's the yeah. first question. You know what I'm saying? It's scary, yeah. That's, like, that's something real, nobody you know? thinks about. You know, it's like I, yeah. I watch all these debates taking place on the message boards, and, like, I see where everyone's coming from, but, like, they, nobody has any clue what this is doing to the yeah. inner to the inner workings of, of of all these human bodies that are that are Absolutely. being contracted with it. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Fact, nobody knows. A friend of mine uh, yesterday, uh, a nurse passed away. She was only 40 years old. The virus didn't affect her lungs. It went directly to her heart. They had to do actual uh, open heart surgery on her, and she passed. Wow. Didn't even have any comorbidities, um, no core symptoms, and she passed. And you got you have you have you have kids going back to school that are con- contracting the virus. So I think, well, not I think I, I just feel like as much as I, you know, I love you know Canes football, just football in general. This whole pandemic, if you will, has kind of put a lot of things in perspective. And a lot of these kids, I know they want to play. And I, I believe that, you know, trying to transition and, and have kids play in the spring is just not realistic because trying to have kids play 17, 18 games and, and, and being amateur athletes, that's, that, that's, that's unthinkable, man. It really is. Um, I really think they really need to reconsider on the having a season, man. They do. Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, right, right, right now you got a split around the country. You got some conferences saying we're not playing, and they, and you've got other conferences that are, you know, full speed ahead. But think, but think about it. The conferences, for the most part, that that are not decide to pull out. You you got to be progressive. You got to you got to you got to look at. You talk to you know obviously they, I'm, I'm sure they consult with the CDC and infectious disease, and the, it's, it's so it's, it's it's the most bizarre thing in the world because you got these kids playing that, I mean obviously you don't have a percentage percentage of those kids that'll make it to the NFL, but then there's a percentage that are not are going to make it to the NFL, and let's just say all of a sudden you know, these kids are playing and. You know, a couple games, and they may have a bye week. I, I have no idea, no idea how they're going to do this. You know, the full schedule. But then, let's just say they want to go back and see their mom. They want to see their grandmother and their dad, and then they could be asymptomatic and not present with any symptoms. And mm-hmm. then a family member. You know, it, it's it's so dicey, and prefer to have uh, a healthy uh, environment. Versus, versus a toxic environment, man. You know, is football that serious? Is it is it that serious? Or is it, well, you is know, it, 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 this whole thing is amazing, Roland. I mean, like right mm. now as you're speaking, trust me, you've got a thousand guys that are listening to this show right now that are sitting there saying, you know, this, the, you know, you know, Roland needs to shut up. You know, yeah. this thing, this thing is not a big yeah. deal. You not know. A big deal. 
it's it's all a ho- it's a hoax or you know whatever. I mean, I've seen it all. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, we've we've got uh-huh. a, a a real cross section you know. of people, obviously, on on our website every day, and like you see all these different opinions and it's like, wow, you know, it's like, I know one thing I, I've been staying in my house. <laughs> like I want no part of this thing. coronavirus. I am trying so hard not to get this thing, but like, so, so that, yeah, so like I'm telling you right now, there's people kicking their, 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 their computers or their phones or, you know, whatever that are listening to the show saying, shut the hell up, Roland. I want to see football. And if you got to, you got, we got to be rational. We got to be thinking this thing versus being, you know, emotional about football. As much as I love football, I care more about the livelihood of these kids and being healthy and, hey, you know, let's get this thing, let's get this virus under control and then, you know, focus on next year. You know, um, I think it'll be tough, and I can actually say this, man, it'll be tough to watch Miami games just thinking about, I mean, it's only so much you can do. I mean, you can't you, – you see the NBA, they're in a bubble. I mean, these kids, it's, it's bound to happen. I mean, first game of the year, you know, with all the contact with somebody contracting the virus. I mean, guys already contracted the virus, and the season hadn't even started at, at you know, at, where, at University of Alabama, and Oklahoma State. So we got to – I think we need to kind of – Look in the mirror and, and put the brakes on and say, "Man, what's what's really important versus um, uh, what's 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 a priority and what's what's you know the human being, the human f- factor, man, versus a, a, a damn football game, you know." So um, I just uh, hope to do the right thing and just kind of you know kind of shut it down. You know, these guys, these kids are not getting paid. And you know, and and that's an, that's another thing. You know, you mentioned on the kid John Ford. He's a senior. He should get if they if they shut it down. Those kids should have the have that opportunity, have the eligibility to play next year. They shouldn't have. To, they should be. They will. You know, if they don't. Uh, if they shut it down, he'll be able to play. No question. Yeah, and 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 again, in, it, it's all about revenue. It, it's all about revenue. So yep. money is more. Uh, yeah, I, that's just my thought. So, but uh, all again, right, Roland, man, you got anything else uh, tonight? Now that you've gotten nah, everybody man. all pissed off because they're mad. No, I don't think they're I got not pissed happy. Off. They're not I'm, happy with Roland from New Orleans right listen, now. I'll tell you that. Listen, <laughs> man. I mean, people, everybody entitled to their opinion. I'm just looking at it from the health, health I mean, perspective. I mean, so, did, did D Black, did D, for example, did, did D Black sound to you like a guy that doesn't want to see football in a couple of weeks? <laughs> no, nah, nah, but you know what? That's, that's just you know that's his opinion. I, I I'm just know. trying to. You know, I know. Listen, there's a lot of look at the got numbers in Florida. Three major conferences today that said they're not playing. So you're yeah. not the only one with the opinion. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a real cross section and there's a lot of disagreement and a lot. You know, people don't really know what's going to happen, and some presidents are willing to take the chance and others aren't. It's 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 interesting. It really is. It's going to be interesting to see where this ends up. But thank you for being part of the show, and yeah, we'll uh, talk to you ne- next time. I'm listening. Okay, man. All right, Roland. Thank you, man. Good hearing from you again. Let's go to the 973. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Gary. Gary. What's up, Ross? Gary. How you been, man? What's going on, man? Safe, safe, man. Trying to stay safe, man. So, 
you know. Good, good, good. So what's, talk what's, to us. What you what, what do you have tonight? Hey, you want to see football in a couple like, weeks, or are you in the rolling uh, camp? I'm fifty fifty, man. I get nervous, I get scared, and I want to play. I want to play. Here's what. Here's I got. I got a bunch of things, man. I got a couple of things there um for you, man. Listen. Uh, let, let me start by saying this. Um, we're talking football, but I know every now and then you touch on basketball a little bit. So I got a question for you: Would mm-hmm. you be in favor? Would you be in favor of conferences having their own bubble situation so they could pull a season off? Or they can't. They can't. That- they can, I, I mean, well, you know, I take that back. Here's the thing: like most of the football players for example, are going to be taking the majority of their classes online this fall. So you almost could have a bubble if you really wanted to, just starting with football. Basketball, you have less guys. So if you put them all in in all online classes, you almost could pull off a bubble. But it's hard, man, taking college kids and doing that. You know, they they don't want to be in a bubble. They want to be with their fellow students. They want to you know, they yeah, want to have, but you know what? They want to have girls to, over. Just, you know, they don't true, want to. True, true, but be, you don't want to. But you don't want to. But you don't want to. See, see, Gary, don't say that because those those are the things that we're not supposed to be having in our regular day lives anyway. We need to. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Things we need to do. You know, I, good I luck. That. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you got to be really careful the information that we're giving out. So, oh, a couple. Yeah. Um, got a got a bunch of stuff, man. Hey, um, what about this one? Okay, now selfish. The selfish me. Um. Once, regardless if we have a season or not, I mean, like if we have a season, then they're not going to come back. But if we don't have a season, I really want um, King to come back. We might not be able to get um, the defensive end to come back, but if we don't have a season, man, I, I still want King King to come back. And and, and that, now we're playing with the whole he might not want to come back, he might not be able to come back, and um, that that's where I get that's where it gets very concerning for me. You know, because I want to be, I want him, to, I want him to be able to play for us. I want to see him on the field with a Miami uniform and being productive, because I think that's going to help overall in, in, with everything, future mm-hmm. recruitment, the way people look at us, the performance, the, the guys getting, you know, you know, just the whole morale, the whole, the hype, everything. So I'm, I'm, I'm fifty fifty on who, should we play, should we not play. Um, one of the things I do want to throw out there though is this. And uh, maybe you can help me on it a little bit and expand on it. Is with this conference just good and bad? Meaning, um, an opportunity to see certain things that you haven't seen before. The bad part is obviously people dying and um, unfortunate things happening to people losing their jobs and not be able to work the games and people and, and vendors and everything. You got to look at it at the whole landscape of it, and it's bad. But let me ask you this: Do you think this is an opportunity for the major conferences? to say possibly get together down the road and say goodbye to the NCA, um, splitting away from them, walking away from them. I mean, and, why? Um, why? Why do they need to do that? Like, because you know why? Because here we've been fighting the whole – listen, I already told you, I'm not just your regular guy here with um, this, this call. I'm fully involved with the whole concept of sports. And I know the players. I know the big-time players. I'm fully involved. And um, – for years, Gary, the NCAA has been eating, eating off these players and giving nothing back. And and maybe you're one of the guys who are going to argue that they're getting an education or something back. But we're, we're proving it now that without these players, these conferences and these teams are nothing, right? 
So right, but, but, but you know, know, just just to touch on what you just said. All right, yeah, the, the, it's been an issue, no question. However, you have a handful of players on each team. Some teams you don't have any players that are worthy of getting paid or making money beyond their free education. So by doing this uh, image likeness thing that they're doing and allowing them to have some endorsements and stuff, I think that they're that, that they've taken a major step forward in that regard. Yeah, but it's the things that they still have in place. It's the things that they're telling that you can't do because you're an athlete. And, and and then they too want to call you an amateur, um, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, a uh, um, student athlete, and everything that they're doing is not showing. It's, it's almost like they're talking on both sides of their mouth. You know, you're calling you're calling the kids um, student athlete, but you're not treating them that way because now you're saying that they got to go back and play, and that's because of the billions and billions of dollars that's involved. So what are they? Even though you're letting them still get pennies. You all know how it works, um, Gary. You sign a guy that's deserving, that's an NBA or whatever. You sign him to like an Adidas contract or whatever. You you give him ninety million, a hundred million, you because you already know that you're going to make three hundred million off his off his name. So you're still at the end of the day, you're still giving him pennies. You're still giving him pennies. Yeah, and I then you restrict. You still, I listen, think there's Gary, just bigger. Yeah. I think there's bigger issues. I think they're taking care of the players by giving them a chance to make some money, um, and and. You know, you're talking about the, the guys that really matters. You're talking about three years, and the, you know they're getting a free education, which should have value. I mean, you go to Miami, you're getting a two hundred thousand dollar education. I no, I'm not viewing. See, I'm not talking about anything about not kids not going to school. I'm in favor of people going to school, kids going to school. What I'm saying, and what I'm not in favor of, what the NCA is doing. As far as taking advantage of these athletes and not treating them the way they need to be treating them, restricting them from telling them they can't do this, they can't do that, they can't take this, they can't that, and no, they're doing this taking, taking, taking. I don't taking. know, Ross, man. If, if there weren't, if there weren't rules, man, listen. Th- look at the amount of, of cheating and everything that goes on with rules. Imagine if there were no rules. And no, no, I don't know, man. Let's let's shift gears. You're, you're. This is a whole can of worms. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get. We don't, we don't, we don't need to deal with tonight. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, what else you got? Yeah, let's let's kick a little bit into like on the field and recruiting and stuff like that. Um, you know, a lot of people want to make a big deal about these kids um who decided they wanted to go to Florida. Here's the thing. It's always been saying that, hey, as long as we get the kids that we want and we get three out of five and we get four out of five, you're not gonna be able to get everyone. If I'm not mistaken, you maybe you could correct me with the numbers. It's always about three hundred D one kids or so in the state of Florida every year, right? And um, Yeah, but they're not all Miami busy. level. They're not all Miami level. Not, and and, I, and I don't know that. if you heard Larry Bluestein and I earlier on the show. And, you know, one of the things that, that I was bringing up to him, which is something that I'm looking at, and, so, and it's, and it's kind of weird to be even having this conversation, but you're taking 17 kids from Dayton Broward. And, like, I, you know, I, I've had a lot of people say this to me, and I told Larry this, that, like, people that are reputable people, and it, it made me think about it, like – are there 17 guys in Dayton Broward in one year that are starters at Miami? And and I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, my instinct would be no. Um, and, and like, you know, so, so somebody – what I'm saying is somebody could make the argument that, that they're taking too many from Dayton Broward. Uh, but – you know, right now that's where they are. Like, and that's what they they're able to do right now. You know, you, no, you have a coronavirus. You is, kids can't visit. 
you know, they're taking advantage of what they have available to them for this year. It's also what you want your brand to be, what you want your brand to look like. And if you – it's also – it's going to look like a fast offense. It's going to look like a moving defense that gets right to the ball, violent. It's, it's about what you're recruiting to. So even though you're taking 17, you still need to have your brand look a certain way. This would help you two years from now. It's going to help you three years from now because those same type of kids, you want to be able to keep recruiting those type of kids. And that's all they're doing. I have no problem with it. We can't have yeah, but what I'm ways. but what I'm we saying can't. is you you mentioned the number three hundred. There's three hundred Division One prospects in Florida. No, there's I'm not three hundred guys. There's not three hundred guys that can play at Miami or or That's that should be playing. How about this? How about should be playing at Miami? Yeah, I don't three of them. What I'm saying is enough talent in the state for where we're going to lose a few. We're, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of people feel this way. They more they hate that they hate um the Gators. I hate the Gators too. But I'd rather lose kids to the Gators than lose them to Clemson and Tallahassee, okay? I'd rather lose them to the Gators than Tallahassee and Clemson. I don't want to play the guys that are in my backyard, have them come back in my, um, in my stadium and beat me because they're playing in Tallahassee or, or Clemson. Because if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me, when we lost to Florida State for the, the numbers and numbers and numbers of years, four, three or four times out of, the, out, of that, out of those games was cause of Cook a guy that should be playing with us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I necessarily lose them to the Gators. I don't like them. I hope they lose every daggone game, but I'd rather them being over there than with Clemson and Florida State. Like, okay, let's kick it to something else, too. Hey, I got a question for you. Um, with the kicker that we're getting, we already have his brother on the team. Um, it was kind of like something that was out there saying that he kind of put pressure on Miami because they was going to try to ask him to um, come on as a walk-on. So he kind of like, forced in hand to actually give him a scholarship. Was that true? I don't think so. I think he always was getting a scholarship. Okay, because um, the word was that, um, you know. I mean, kids wanted to. You talking about if you're talking about Andres, he's one of the top kickers in the country. Like you know, he's not. But they, yeah, why I, would he come as know, a walk-on? It was rumors. That's the thing. I think they was going to try to yeah. try to see if they could ask him to come on as a walk on. He kind of got. No, rid I didn't of hear that. that. I've never no. heard that one, Ross. You're you're you're, oh, okay. you're telling me something I've never heard. Okay. What I else mean, you got? Anything else? You got anything else? Yeah, I got a, I got a few things, guys. Give me some all right, time, we'll get you. all right, let's go, got, man. Let's keep it moving because hey, I, we man, got like other always, guys. Everything got like forty five minutes. Can I? And I only got five minutes so far. So, you know. <laughs> I go. What's next? Hey, man. I just want to say I just want to say shout out to him. Be black and all the people that. That's always listening. I um, just want to say salute to all of them guys, man, because I'm hoping everybody is safe. But let me make a few more points. Here's the thing. I am, are you are you as concerning? I'm a little concerned with our linebacker as far as the inexperienced um, yep. guys who's been hurt and um, not really, you know, we, we come on here and we talk about the D, the D line and we talk about not having pass rushers. I'm concerned about that, um, that middle. And do we yep. have guys that's going to be able to cover guys, you know? Um, don't know. They, don't you know, know, don't know what we have, quite frankly. Nothing proven, including Zach McLeod. You know, I made the point earlier, Zach McLeod was the third best linebacker of that group, you know, and was not obviously considered a guy that's an NFL prospect or anything. He's the best linebacker coming back on this team. But we don't know, you know, now that he has to be the dude – which he's never had to be. We don't know what he's going to get done this year. And, you know, Sam Brooks is still in development mode. Avery Huff is in development mode. Um, Without question, Ross, one of the the biggest question marks on the team. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. 
um, we always talk about, okay, well, we, you know, we're soft in the middle. We want guy that's going to be able to chase and cover um, the, the tight ends, and, and they pick with us all the time. They pick us in the middle. Here's my thing. Find those guys, and I'm not just talking about the striker position. Find the guy that's going to be able to run with the tight end and run with the, the, um, the running back that's coming on the wheel route and, and cover, and I feel like then we have something going there. So, well, um, if Avery Huff knows what he's doing, he can run with anybody. Yeah, that's what I want. I, you know, we we need two or three of those guys developed. And I, but I do we don't know if he's going to know what he's doing. We don't know. We have no idea. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not here to qu- totally criticize, but Gary, but I'm I, I totally agree with one of your callers. I forgot it was it was D Black who's saying that you know why are we bashing Rump when Pike is also. You say he's only coaching two guys. At, you know, at the end of the day, too, it is coaching. It's everything, and I feel like. I feel like that's a buddy hire. You know, I don't want to go over there and go crazy. I know you want to cut me off after that. Why why is everybody so hard on Patsky, man? Because it's a buddy hire. It's a buddy hire. It it is. It is. It's a buddy hire. But you have a lot of guys that were buddy hires. Yeah, but I give give Manny a lot of credit, but let's not not push it now because you're keeping a buddy that's on that. Maybe somebody else could come. And um and take that spot. He's he's coaching three guys. He's coached the. He coaches the strikers. And the positions that he's coaching is questionable. And he runs the special teams too. But I'm but I'm just saying like he he they they didn't go six and seven last year because of Patsky. Let me let me put that Gary questionable position. But here's I got another thing. The kid the kid Smith um the wide receiver slash everything guy. um, I think he's like five nine. Um, remember a couple of years ago when we were supposed to get um the, the kid Brandon Powell and last minute eleventh hour uh-huh. he changed his mind and went uh-huh. to Florida. That's similar. How sim- sim- That's similar. how we should be able to use the way yeah, the way Florida type players. Them, yeah, kick return, pump return, coming across or um what do you call it um jet sweeps, um putting his ball in his hand as much as possible. I know we're gonna have a bunch of players. But putting it, putting the ball in his hands as much as possible is what is what we need to do. Yeah. All right. Well, let's worry about that in a year when he's here. All right. All right, man. You've exhausted your quota for one show. Does, but does salute but, to everyone, man, and stay safe. And um, you know, we'll talk, man. And um, Gary, come on and um and and enjoy what's going on instead of everybody bashing everybody. Stop disagreeing with me so much, Gary. I, told you. I think everybody is enjoying it. I, I think everyone, considering where we came from, I think everyone's in great spirits. I think everyone's excited hey man, for I a new year. I want to hear year from and... some other guys. Gary, All right. you want to hear from some other guys that we know. Let us know that they're think, safe. They're safe. Hey man, think, keep think me on, goodbye. Keep let, me, let, me, let me get some of them on. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He has he has a lot of questions, man. I'll tell you that. But good ones, good ones. All right, five six three nine 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 three five five zero. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the seven zero six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing? This is your voice, Sebastian. Man, I'm glad you brought Sebastian, the show back. Sebastian, how you man. doing, man? How how you been? I've been pretty good, man. Excited about the upcoming season. A lot of the changes that took place during the off season. It's definitely necessary to kind of get, you know, Kane's role definitely excited and to kind of spark our imagination of what we're going to do. I mean, Gary, um, I mean, the first question I got off the bat, what do you think our prediction for this season is going to be? Wins and losses. I mean, you're talking about um, 10 games. I mean, I, I would have, you know, if Rousseau was here, I might have said that they can win nine. Let me let me say eight. 
Let me say I think they can win eight. You there? Or did I lose you? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, no, oh, okay. Yes, what are you shocked? You, you think eight? You think no, eight's too high? No, what do you think? I think you know. I think I think if they win seven or eight games, I think that's that's enough to keep the class together and uh, and get seven. Seven is you know you know you got to figure that Clemson's almost definitely a loss. Um. So, you know, I I think that if if you're talking about Losing two other games, I think it depends who they're who they're to. Yeah, so that's, that's what I was going to come with. So, yep. you know, the other question I have for you is, you know, there's a lot of people that really been bashing uh, Mike Rump, the defensive back coach and whatnot. And man, Rump and Packy, man, they love to bash those two guys. But I've 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 always been I've always been a fan. I've always been a fan of Mike Rump. I have no problem with him, but. I don't know why I just want to get your thoughts on that, but I think the number one thing that comes down, I don't think it comes down to why all these kids are ditching Miami and going some other place. I think it comes down to one thing, that Mike Trump does not have a resume that a lot of top elite defensive backs from going to it is he needs, to me, he needs to have somebody that he's coached that ends up being a first-round or second-round pick that goes to the NFL and produces. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, what, what, what just keeps a lot, and you know a lot more than I do, so I'm not going to pretend like I know, but what he doesn't have on his resume is to be able to say, you know, C.J. Henderson, first-round draft pick in the NFL draft. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a litany. Uh, he he doesn't have a history like that. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, recruiting is recruiting, but – I just believe at the end of the day, that's that's what it comes down to. That's to me, that's what I've always seen. South Florida athletes, you know, the cream of the crop, where they gonna go? You know, I think that just some of these kids have wanted to go play in the SEC. I don't think they're not coming to Miami because of Mike Rump. I, I think that you know, playing in the SEC is is in vogue right now, and I, I think some of these elite kids that have those options just want to go play in the SEC. I mean, but they. I mean, but they're going to Clemson. I mean, they're going to all these other schools or whatnot. I'm, not I, the DBs. Saying, mm, yeah, probably not DBs or whatnot. But I'm DBs are going to Georgia and Bama, and you know, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. They got pretty good track records now developing DBs. I mean, it's hard to argue with what the with, with what those kids are thinking. You know, Nick Saban's Nick Saban's able to say, you know, I have this last, you know, I I put these in a trail. These in the individuals in the NFL. I mean, Patrick Sertain is going to be in the first round. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. so to come down here in two, three years, and there's going to be an elite yeah. cornerback, and he's going to be like, "Well, look, the last time I came down here, you know, he was shaking." Even the, the kids that hand. went to Florida. Look at Marco Wilson. Look at um, Henderson. Like the, even the those kids that go to Florida have been high draft picks. So you know, it's hard to say they're making mistakes or whatever. And I don't. I think any of those kids didn't come to Miami because of Mike Rumpf. I really don't. I think they just wanted to go play in the SEC. Uh, I think. I think. I think. At the, I think what's more important than the SEC is being able to say, "Hey, look, you got picked pretty high in the NFL draft," and I think that kind of changes things. So, mm-hmm. Hey, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I, I, I mean, you know, what I think this season comes down to is probably one player that I don't think a lot of people is talking about. But I really think he has 
he, he has the potential to make our season go north or kind of go south. And I think that's Nikosi Perry. That's the backup quarterback. And here's what I mean by that. Last year, the reason why our season tanked is we just had poor leadership and discipline for the quarterback position. And the fact that we brought in a grad transfer into our program, named him the starting quarterback, I believe if he don't have a good attitude and he doesn't take the right kind of mind frame, I think it could go one way or the other because who's the starting quarterback when the season opens next year? Oh, if he doesn't have a good attitude this year, they're going to tell him to take a walk, I, I, I think. I don't. You know, I don't see any scenario where he's allowed to get away with the stuff that, you know, I mean, man, man, he knows he blew it last year, letting those guys, I mean, Jaron Williams should, and, and, and Nikozi, like they, they, those guys should have been bad, sent home from the FIU game. I mean, they had no business being at the stadium. I mean, that was one of the biggest failures. I don't care who you got to play with a quarterback. You know, when a kid disrespects your team and your, and his teammates and the program and everything the way that those guys did by you know doing what they did the night before the game I mean no man it's, it's like it's 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 like I think Manny learned his lesson on that one I'd be shocked if Nikozi Perry gets away with anything anymore okay hey my last one my last my last comment is you know as, as good as this recruiting class is um could you share me share your thoughts on two particular things what can we do to kind of bolster the offensive line in recruiting, and then number two, what do you? What, what's one or two positions you think we really, really need to? Because we only have like four or five scholarships left that we really, really need a home run on. And then you can keep me on hold, man. It's been a great show so far. Well, offensive line, I would say you, you got to win and you got to develop guys. Um, right now, I think they're doing what they can. What they can do, they're getting the best in South Florida, and they got to develop them. Uh, they're not positioned to go out outside the area and compete with the big boys for the upper tier guys around the country. That's just not what they're positioned to do right now. So I think they're doing what they can do, and um, they're getting those guys. I think um, in terms of what they need, I would say they need to find a quarterback. I think that's going to end up being a transfer. Um, I'd like to see them get Amari Daniels. I just think he's pretty good. That's a Texas A&M Miami battle. Um, What else? Um, hmm. That really, I I mean, mean, there's not a whole, whole L, you know, I I think that it would be nice if they could get one decent defensive lineman still, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, get another good linebacker, you know, if they could flip Jaden hood from Michigan, you know, that would be, that would be one to think about. I think they're going to get chase Smith from upstate uh, at some point here, but that's really it. I think the class, I think the class is is close to done. I think you're going to, I think think they're going to save the last couple for transfers. You don't think uh, Xavier Lewis would be a good flip from Tennessee? I, I don't think that that's in the cards. I mean, I just, you know, I we we have not gotten any impression that that's in the cards at this point. Well, I tell, well, I tell you what, we win nine games and we get hood, man. I'm telling you, that would do it for me. All that right, will do it. Hey man, appreciate and I think it, I think they'll Thanks, I think they'll they'll save a couple for transfers. You know, see what ends up. There's going to be some transfers out there, and different things. So we'll see. 
All right, Sebastian, thanks for being part of the show, man. I appreciate it, Gary. Keep me on hold. Talk to you, ne- talk to you next time. All right, let's go out to the 727. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary? Yes, sir. Who's this? Hey, how's it going? It didn't beep on me there. This is Jake from St. Petersburg. Hey, what's up, Jake? What you got for us, man? Oh, not much. So, um, well, I want to counter uh, Roland and uh, the other contingent who says, you know, the the morality of uh, not playing football this year. It, to me, this is ludicrous. You, you have statistically, there there is virtually no risk college-age students. To date, less than 200 kids have died from this, 25 and under. That's mm-hmm. way less than even a flu season. But so what they don't what, know, and I'm not taking a side because I really don't, you know. I, I, don't I really, know you're not. You know, I, but, 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 but what they don't know is what it's doing, what the hidden damage that it could be doing that people don't know because it's so new. Like CTE, you know, you know, maybe? Heart, well, heart problems, lung problems. Like, nobody knows. Like, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, I'm, I'm saying, yeah. you know, football causes brain damage. This is pretty well no, documented. No, I, you know, I, I know, I know, I know. Um, you know, I, you know I mean, yeah. it's kind of, uh, what, all of a sudden, we, we you know, we're, we're, we're picking now, and choosing. All of a sudden, we care. You know, right, right. No, I understand what you're saying. And, 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 you know, and they're trying the to play. Young. I mean, they're trying to play. Malik Young, Amon Richards. There's two just on the Hurricanes. Yeah, very good point. Life-changing neck injuries. Life-changing, Why? Because yeah. of football. Because of football, I yeah. mean, you know, it's it's a little hypocritical to, to say, oh, now all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're so concerned about what can happen 20 years down the road. Yeah, I hear Not you. Sense. Um, so anyway, uh, no – I just had to get that out there because it. Oh, this is this is driving me insane. I, you know, and and beyond that, kids die playing football every year too. This isn't, uh, you know, this, this whole line about, uh, you know, if one kid dies, this is, would it be worth it? Yeah. You know, what about the Maryland kid three years ago, died in practice? We still watch football. I, it makes. I, I feel bad for anyone who does die of this. I'm not like encouraging this or or applauding it. Yeah, no, but I understand. We're becoming very selective right now as to, to how we we rationalize this. Um, so anyway, uh, the the conversation with Larry Bluestein today, fantastic, loved it. Um, I I have been very vocal about. I don't think South Florida is all that great when it comes to recruiting. If I'm if I'm going to be frank. Um, Look at the the years. Now, this year, Leonard Taylor, to me, th- this kid's a game changer because yep. I think we finally got a D tackle that, that is actually, you know, this, this, he, he looks like Warren Sapp to me. Um, the, the, the kid's just yeah, got I'm not ready to say that he yet, but, but he is, he's a very good player, and, and he's got a chance to be a, a, a great player. Yeah, I mean, will, will he be ready to play him on the uh, NFL Hall of Fame level yet. You know, he's got to do something first. No, but, no, but yeah. but does he have first-round caliber written all over him? I, I say hell yeah, absolutely. He could, yeah, he could develop um, into that kind of player, yes. With with that said, what, what like, you know, you, you were saying you got – 17 eggs in the uh, 
Dade Broward basket. It's it's too it's listen in what? a normal situation it's too many it really is but but yeah I mean but this is not normal right now and and they no, got to no. start somewhere and this is what they can do. Oh, one hundred percent. I I'm thrilled with what's been going on lately. But you know my concern is is you know beyond even twenty twenty one. All right, all right, forget that. But you look what who is the last good offensive lineman that came out of South Florida? Like I, I'm talking NFL, like and it Brandon, could be anyone. Brandon I'm not talking Linder. about a hurricane. Brandon Linder, John Feliciano, um, Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a handful. I'm not, I'm not saying there's none, but you look in the last decade, what we got maybe five, six NFL caliber linemen. You know, I, I don't think. You know, look, that, if we were playing seven on seven football, South Florida, no doubt about it, is is the best recruiting talent in, in the in the country, but in the trenches. It, Defensive end, I think I think South Florida is trending in you know in a direction where you've got these tall, rangy athletes like a Greg Rousseau. Um, I love to pick yeah, up with Jamari Ishmael. I think that was, got uh, was not a, but, a great defensive end in high school. That was a, he just grew into a freak. But but I mean I think that 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 trend you're seeing a lot of these these guys who have tall athletic capability. Um, so defensive end doesn't concern me so much, but, but defensive tackle, I just really, that to me, I mean, you know, I, I just talked about the offensive line, but who's the last like really good defensive tackle that came out of South Florida? I mean, to me, I'd say it's Vince Wolfork and that's almost 20 years ago. Yeah. No argument. I can't think of, uh, Yeah. I mean, I totally listen. You, you're talking a language that I totally understand and agree with. Uh, I'm the first one that believes that Miami should be going around the country and being able to compete for the best players in the country. And and there's no doubt in my mind that that's the potential that this program has. Um, they just can't do that right now. Even even without the coronavirus, they wouldn't be able to do it. And so I, I think they're they're really you know do, taking what they can get right now, which is the you know most of the better kids in Dayton Broward County, and going and trying to build from that, you know. No, I mean th- this year one hundred percent. You know, I, I think, um, but but you know, I mean, yeah, you, you got to do what you got. I mean, yeah, and if they win, if they're able to win, done a, a phenomenal job. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if they know, play this year and they win, then in the next cycle, hopefully they can go out and get a few more kids from outside the area. And, and, and just, you know, this is going to be a build, you know, and and, you know, people are just going to have to have patience with it. You know, it, 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 it's like, I mean, I I talked about this last year. I mean, when Mark Rick left there, they were there was a fork in the road. You know, and 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 Blake had a decision to make. He was either going to go out and get a proven elite coach that was going to be able to do some things, or he was going to you know go the route he went and try to build with Manny. And and that's that's what he's you know that that's that's where you are right now. And you know Manny's going to have to prove himself as a coach, and he's going to have to win games, and and then maybe next year they can get, continue to get the top players from South Florida, and maybe go outside South. 
South Florida and, and get a few more top kids and, and win again and then try to do it next year. Now, if you're putting three do, good do recruiting classes that, that together. that brand is there? Like, well, it's only, but it's you're not there. Recruiting it's, but it's time. not. It's not there right now because you went seven and six and six and seven, and you lost to FIU, Duke, and Louisiana Tech, and that's what the kids. Oh, then nobody in like, agreement. If, if, if you're a top shelf kid out there and you're being recruited by Georgia and Bama and Auburn and Florida and and and, and upstate Florida State, and, and you know, and, and you're not coming down here for the most part. So no, I 100% in agreement with you. But what what I'm saying, you're out there on the trail. You know, you 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 talk to all these kids and everything. Do you think with with the wins that that you know, um, I I think he's an overrated recruit. But let, let's say uh, Tommy Brockermeyer out, because you know, like you think back, we always like to romanticize the idea that that the Hurricanes winning all these games were built upon. South Florida talent, they really weren't. Um, they were built on national talent. Um, I mean, was South Florida contributing to that? Yeah, at the skill positions. But look at our D tackles over the years. Look at our offensive line over the years. Look, you know, when we were when we were winning, when we were in the mix, they weren't from South Florida. Most of them were from elsewhere. Uh, our well, yes, I mean, uh, I mean yes, you, some were, you know, but um, even guys, you know, guys like Sapp was from upstate. Jerome Brown was from upstate. Russell Maryland, uh, Russell Illinois, Russell Maryland Chicago was from Chicago. Uh, Cortez was from Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that my, my, for Miami to be the program that it can be, you got to be able to go get good players from other states and and uh, and other and other areas of Florida. I mean, there's no question about it. They're not there right now. Right now, they're doing well getting what they're getting from South Florida. You know, this is an accomplishment so, this year. And, and, you know, now you got to develop these guys and maybe you can take a couple of them that are good players and make them into very good players. And, you know, like they did with Greg Rousseau and, and, and go from there and just keep building it, you know? And then, like what, I said, I they got to they prove asking, themselves like, as coaches. They got to prove themselves as coaches. They got to be able to win games on their coaching ability. Do you think though, like, cause I mean, to me, football is still a trench game. I mean, I know we're switching the spreads, so many teams are switching to that, but to me, like, okay, Alabama, they're recruiting uh, grounds. They got they got hogs out there. They they got the D tackles. They got the offensive line, and they're recruiting bad. I mean, yeah, they're going out and winning some national uh, competitions, but just in their bed, Alabama, Georgia, uh, you know, the, the the direct vicinity they're recruiting from day in and day out. They they have the the defensive line, offensive line, and then. To me, the biggest problem with South Florida recruiting is we produce zero quarterbacks. I mean, Lamar Jackson is an anomaly. I, I don't count that out. So then you're talking in the last 25 years, you've had Teddy Bridgewater. It just seems to me like Miami is, is fighting this very big uphill battle because you see, we put tons. I mean, yeah, are we putting the elite wide receivers in the NFL? No, but we put tons of wide receivers in the NFL, running backs. We put a ton of them in the NFL defensive backs, everything else. But the positions that really matter, quarterback, offensive line, defensive line, it just seems like, you know, even when we're talking about misses in recruiting, you know, we're, we're, we're not missing on a, on a marquee quarterback from South Florida. We're not missing mm-hmm. on a marquee defensive tackle. And to me, it's just – I'm the biggest – you know, the, we call them the pumpers on the on – the, I'm, I love Miami. It's uh, every year. I think we're going to go undefeated. I, I love Miami football. It's my favorite thing in the world. But 
at the end of the day, it just seems like we have a huge uphill battle. We're like Clemson or, or Alabama. All they need to do is pop in and pick a wide receiver out of uh, South Florida or a cornerback or whatnot. But we've got these huge gaping holes in quarterback, offensive line, D tackle that, yep. you know, that, that's you, a you lot. You've got to be able to go outside the area land. and recruit them. And, you know, this year they're kind of caught a little bit. Lashley got, just got here. And he's not, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, he had a, he had a nice year at SMU last year, but he's not established to the point on the national level yet. I don't think that he was just going to walk in and move to Miami and get a top quarterback. It, it just, it, it, now, if he puts up a good year this year with King and the offense scores a lot of points, I think he'll be able to do that next year. Um, oh yeah, next just, year could be lights out. Yeah, yeah, he just 100%. he wasn't really positioned to do that this year. So I think they're going to have to go the transfer route, which is you know, listen, it worked out that they're fine this year. So you know, we'll see what happens. All right, man. Yeah, let me. There's uh, plenty of good quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Do thing. Yep. Thanks for having me. Great, great thank, show. Thank yep. you for yeah. Thank, thank you for Let's being part of the football. show. <laughs> you got it, man. <laughs> I'm with you. All right, thank you. All right, let's go to the uh, five six one. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Scooter Doing DuPont. great, who's this? Uh, Scooter DuPont. Hey, what's up, Scooter? What you got, man? Hey. Um, okay, so, yeah, just some quick points. Um, so, with the rump thing, uh, every year, all these, like, top-shelf cornerbacks uh, are just leaving and leaving, and then they're, they're going to the NFL, and we miss out every year after year. You know, it's nothing negative. I'm, I'm not bashing rump. But at some point, you gotta you gotta put a stop to it. You gotta get a guy who's gonna at least get in there with some recruiting skills. I'm sorry, and and you know what? The reason why everybody's upset is because there's truth in it. I mean, all of these C.J. Henderson and Marco, all these guys are just leaving one after the other, and he can't get one of them. Now you got another guy, Marshall. He's leaving too. It's like, you know what? And I know you're saying, oh, it's not because of Rump. Hey man, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I mean, no, he's you're, responsible you're a little bit. You're he's like, right oh, in there with the recruiting run. the cornerbacks. There's no question. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're not yeah. winning on those look kids. At inter- look at an interview with him. He's he's no, you know, he doesn't have a sense of humor. He's kind of this stoic, stern guy. You know, I think he yelled at C.J. Henderson in the practice, and, and he was like, "Forget this, I'm out." You know what? You gotta be. You know, look at like a James Cooley, like a like a guy who says the right things at all times. You got to get a guy who has communication skills. And enough is enough, man. People have had, are fed up. We see what goes on every year. How many years is it going to go down until somebody finally puts their foot down? And I hate to say it, but you know, it's one of those things that that Diaz has to do. He has to fire that guy. This year's no, he he didn't get an elite corner this year. Everybody else is doing his job. You look at Bandit, well, he's getting there's so many safeties out there, it's just unbelievable. There's still time. He should have got Marshall. You know, you can there's, still time. there's only so many excuses you you can make. All right, well still time. All right. Um Well uh, and you know, uh the other thing about this guy, who is that guy coming around? He wants to cancel the season and he wants everybody to stay listen, man, if you want to stay home and you don't want to go anywhere, you stay go stay in your house. Go stay in your yeah. house. Don't tell I, I agree. I actually Don't tell agree with the... you on that. Like, like, listen. You get the one thing we've learned in this thing is there's a lot of different attitudes and a lot of different opinions. And like, 
you know, just because George next door is running around and, you know, going and hanging out at the corner bar and, and eating out in restaurants and, and all that because he's not worried about getting the coronavirus doesn't mean that Mike That's next door prerogative. to him. You can't right. tell George to stay home. And let me tell you something. If you're scared, you're that scared to stay in your house. Do not leave your house. If you're scared yeah. for your mom and dad or are you scared because they're older, have them stay in their house and lock the doors. There's yep. nothing. Do not work. Do not work. Don't go to the grocery store. Keep them locked. Everybody's entitled to make their own choices. Okay. I agree with you. Yeah. So that guy who's like, oh, nobody should do anything. We should all sit. No, no, no. You should do that. And you want to know something? You shouldn't be imposing your beliefs on other people. And people do risky things all the time. Okay, this is why people now, don't like, this is why people, the only problem is people that the get people emotional. that are doing what they want are extending this thing for everybody, but you know. No, 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 no. I mean, no. Now, if you're if you're if you're locking yourself in the room and you're quarantined, because that's the only way you can prevent it. If you're locking yourself in the room, then nobody's going to force you to to come out of your little room. No, you but like there's a, happy me- there's a happy medium. Like like I'll use myself no, as an example. I'm not going and eating out in restaurants, but I get a lot of takeout, okay, I'll tell you that. I, I mean, Good. I support Stay all the, the restaurants. Like, I get takeout all the time. You know, it's like I'm not going Here's and hanging problem. out. And, I'm not hanging out in public all the time. I'm not doing that. There you go. But um, you house. know, I, you know what, Gary? I, you know, don't leave your yeah. house, man. Don't leave. Don't leave your house. No, I, I do don't, leave don't my house. Outside. But I'm, no, no, I'm no, not. No, but if you're scared about it, if you really want to do this right, stay in your house. But don't tell me to stay in my house. And if you're concerned about your parents, you keep them in the house too. But you shouldn't be able to tell another man that he can't go outside or he can't do something that he wants to do. Yeah, no, I That's agree. That's the issue. No, I agree. I mean, and, shutting and the, down the whole the country third, for six months was not was yeah. not something that and, could and happen. Because he's a, and it's because if you listen to that guy's voice, he was a bitch. And he was slow. Well, but but but, was, but you know what? He's just the entitled he to his opinion as so you. That's the that's the thing. That's what you're missing. I mean, everybody has different opinions. So everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And the yeah, the bottom line is, shutting down the country for six months it was not sustainable. You can't do that. So they had to open it up. They had to let people live a little. Little. Some people maybe took it too far. It, it, it's gotten way out of control now. But you know, it is what it is. All right. Last thing. I'm um, not sure we needed all you the, know, you know, all the gatherings that we had for in in May. You know, we had, we, you know, we had a lot of stuff. We had a lot. To, we we had a lot going on. You don't want to go to a gathering. People are going to go gather. You don't want to go to the gathering. You stay stay home. People are going to do yeah, but they're but do. they're the ones that are spreading coronavirus all over the place. Not the, not the, the people not the people that are the leaving way, their house the selectively. But the let's get back to football. We're, 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 right, we're having right. a debate here about listen, something that, that listen, there's no I'm, right or wrong. Okay. Yeah. These kids in these schools don't all like each other. Okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been on a, on a team sport or something. You're not going to like everybody on your team. All right? You're going to hate mm-hmm. some of these people. And you're gonna, if they're going to go to one school, you're going to be like, I'm not going to go there. I'm sick of that, dude. You know, there's rivalries within teams. Kids don't like each other, and I know there's the narrative that, like, oh, you know what? If this kid goes to Florida, he's bringing every, they're going to all want to play with their boys. It's not said in public, but there's beefs within teams, okay? And the only people that don't realize is people never played sports. There's grudges, and there's beefs, and not everybody – and there might be a slight beef. Not everybody's going to want to go play with the kids they played in, in high school, okay? And that goes with the Palmetto kids. 
that goes with the Northwestern kids who usually stick together. But there's there's people that if you if one kid's going to commit to the school, you're damn sure the other kid kid on that team is not going to commit to that school. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, what do you think about Marshall? Like, you think that that kid Marshall is the real deal, the cornerback that we lost? He's a good, very good prospect. One of the, you know one of a handful of guys that have the potential to be elite. I mean, that's a big loss. I think it's a crapshoot. I mean, were they kind of like looking at a highlight film, and he's six one, and you know, I mean, I, I don't no, know. He's, 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 a, he's a good corner prospect. He is. It's universal. Everybody thinks he's a good prospect. Yeah. Um, all right. Before I go, well, that's it. Keep up the good work, man. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, we're almost done here. Um, let me try to shoot real quick, rapid fire through some of these topics that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. Um, is there a better chance of cance- cancellation or postponement? And if there was a postponement, how would that look? Um, I think that the answer to that would be postponement. I don't see a total cancellation. And if they do postpone, I think they would try to play maybe in the springtime next year. Um, how is the offensive line progressing? Can we put a decent starting five together? Um, and will there be quality depth for a change? Um, quality depth? I don't know that I would say that yet. Um, a respectable starting five, it's going to depend on what happens with John Campbell at left tackle and who they can find to play left guard. Um, I think the right side will be serviceable with um, the Houston transfer, Jared Williams, uh, Delone Scaife at right guard, and Corey Gaynor at center. I think those are three guys that you can count on to be solid players. they got to get those two left side uh, spots figured out and – I think it's going to be hold your breath a little bit, you know, but we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Assuming there's a season. Um, De'Ara King and his level of accuracy. What's the scoop on that? Um, there's a lot of tape on him and sometimes accuracy seems to be lacking on certain throws. I, I think the truth somewhere in the middle. I, I think his accuracy is not bad, probably way better than many might think, you know, because he maybe gets typecast as an athletic quarterback. In Lashley's offense, I don't expect him to have to make a lot of real complex throws. You're going to see a lot of deep fades, a lot of quick screens, you know, pop passes to the tight ends, things like that. So I think that he could um, perform with a reasonably high level of accuracy this year. Um, that's what I would say about that. Um, Gary, you stated in the past that you thought it was guaranteed that Manny will be the head coach in 2021. What are your thoughts and reasons behind that? I just think that it doesn't even matter what happens this year, that there is zero chance that the University of Miami would spend millions of dollars to buy out a football coach um, that the AD wants to keep anyway. I just don't I don't see that happening. Um, I'm pulling for Manny. I think he's made a lot of good moves here in the offseason uh, to give himself a chance, and I expect him to have a better season this year. The next year we'll see how much better that ends up being. Um, but I don't think the athletic department's going to be in any kind of financial situation uh, anytime in the near future to be buying out coaches. Um, how bad is the loss of Greg Rousseau? It's real bad. He's one of the few elite players on the team and um, elite players change games. And, and I think that, you know, if you said um, that, Greg Rousseau might have been worth a victory or two this year. I would agree with that. So whatever your win total you have in mind, if you, if you, if, if you, think, if you think the team was going to win 10, you might want to say 9. If you thought they were going to win 9, you might want to say 8. Um, I think the losing Greg Rousseau's could be worth one game this year. We'll see how that plays out. Um, 
Let's see. Where's the NCAA leadership in this situation? Absolutely no place. Will the scholarship limit be increased due to this mess? Um, I think if they postpone the season and go into the spring, I think they're going to have to because you're going to have early enrollees possibly and things like that coming into the program. You got to let them have scholarships. Um, all right, that's going to be it for tonight, guys. Hope uh, you enjoyed the show um, as much as I did. Uh, we're going to monitor where this goes here over the, you know, may probably schedule another show in a couple weeks um, as we get closer to a potential season. Um, keep an eye on the message boards and Twitter for program notices on that. So for now, I'm going to say uh, it was great speaking to everybody again, and thank you, everybody, for calling. Thank you to Larry Bluestein. Uh, for coming on and talking recruiting with me. And um, we'll say good night, everybody. <laughs>